What's up, y'all? It's uh, it's your boy Joe. Welcome back to It's Been a Minute, and uh, this is a special episode. I have a special guest. It's a recurring guest. It's uh, Antonio Aguilar. It's back on the podcast. You know, it's great, man. This is a guy that I love. This is a guy that I respect. This is a guy that has been doing comedy for over ten years, and he's learned a lot. He's even taught me a couple things. You know, and something happened recently. Uh, regarding the come and take a comedy festival run by the secret group he made a joke you know and i feel like it just went too far it both sides reacted a certain way you know regarding this joke and i just wanted to give antonio a platform to be able to say to to talk about his side of the story, you know, because I feel like he was being attacked by people who didn't know everything, who didn't know the facts. And I'm going to say this now, like before you attack somebody, before you say something about somebody, why don't you ask them their side of the story? Get all the facts to, to make an educated decision, you know, before just being like, oh, you did this, you did that. No, don't attack somebody before you actually know everything. This episode was very cathartic for me, you know? It was eye-opening. I saw another side of Antonio, you know? And I got to hear what really was going on in his life, how he was feeling, and what ultimately got him to make the joke or do certain things, you know? And uh, this is this is very informative, and it, it, it just shows another side of, of the business, you know? How... When things don't go your way, what do you do? Uh, wh- what's going to happen? You know, and it's just like, I, I learned a lot from this episode. And I know you're going to like it. And people can attack me for it, too. I mean, if you want to say this pod sucks or I suck, I'm just, I don't care. I'm doing something that I love. And I've told myself that I want to be more real. I want to I wanna get the facts, you know. And I want to give people chances. Because I, I always root for the underdog. And when somebody's being treated unfairly, I want to be able to say, hey, don't do that. Let's let's hear his side of the story or her side of the story, you know, or their side. Let's just hear the facts first. Let's hear both sides. And uh, I don't know. Let's see. We'll see. I mean, if you like this episode, you know, uh, just favorite it <laughs> like it send me a message saying what you think and uh I, I think this episode is really good and i'm hoping you will think so too so uh let's start the show stuff and we can just do it like so quick, uh, super quick and portable that, so that's also what you're doing the exact same thing that you're accusing me of doing you're like hey man i, w- I just want to do a podcast you're like let's use my my equipment and i'm like let's use my equipment that's you're being weird <laughs> like yeah. uh, you're just saying the exact same thing that i'm doing and the, the reason is that i think everyone wants to think that their equipment is good enough <laughs> to do a podcast okay so here, here's the biggest thing it doesn't feel like you're doing my podcast. Now it feels like I'm doing yours. Well, uh, if we were doing my podcast, we'd be filming it because I have, uh, you know, these things and I have my 
you know, a bunch of fucking Chinese phones that I use and shit. So no, uh, it's crazy. So it still feels like this to me that we're doing your show. I but know. uh but okay, tell this me This is so different. I I, I can te- I can sense it. I can sense that it's like uh I'm I'm okay, I'm going to be honest, I am very uncomfortable because it's a new surrounding a new area for me so i'm just like how do i manage this because like i did uh somebody else's podcast recently and yeah it was the same feeling at first it was just like oh this is new i have never been in this place before i've never talked to this other person and you, I'm you just had like, never talked to them i've talked to one person which was a comic and then his co-host it was the first time i met him adam yeah adam adam randoliff yeah yeah I, and his co-host mark yeah i know i know his podcast um yeah and uh it was it was a fun it was a great podcast honestly uh it was one of those moments i don't know if it, how long you've been doing podcasts but like after you end a podcast yeah you immediately you have a sense of if this is good or bad yeah and after doing that episode i was just like this is good yeah yeah i usually have that i have that that feeling like 30 seconds in <clears throat> or as soon as i hear my voice it's <laughs> so egotistical. <laughs> yeah. As long as I know I'm there, it's gonna be good. Yeah, of course. <laughs> actually, I I actually start to feel that as soon as I agree to do it. When they're like, "Hey, will you do my podcast?" I'm like, I'm starting to get a buzz. I start to get. I start <laughs> once to get you a, say yes, yeah. it's like it's already gonna be good. I already know. Even when no, not even when I say it. When, once I decide in my head that I, yes. <laughs> even before you say it, you sometimes, have to, once you decide. Sometimes just, I'll just drive around buzzing on the feeling that I am going to do it. And I haven't even responded yet, <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm, I know I'm gonna say yes. This, this is gonna be so good. Can Can you turn it up a little bit? I can't bit? wait to share it with them. Can you turn uh, my turn uh, up my headphones? Turn up my headphones, man. Yeah, turn it, turn them up. I, I don't think I can anymore. No, the uh, my uh, microphone. Can you turn up the microphone a little bit? Uh, I can. Yeah, I think I can try to. Let's see. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I turned it, dude. I turned it down. Ah, you see, I. I knew there was something. I, w- I was right, <laughs> dude. That's it. No, you, you you might be right, but I was right. <laughs> but you are right. You are hard of hearing. That's what you're right about. And <laughs> we <laughs> they couldn't even hear us before. I can hear myself now, clearly, finally. Yeah, and I can hear you. Yeah, well, they could hear us. Be- so I had it on seventy. <laughs> I had it on seventy because uh, you know when people. You know when people like laugh and shit. You know that's I had. I hate having to go back and take out the pops from. Man, it's like why you gotta laugh so much? You know, like God damn it, ah damn, that's so loud. Why, man. why you gotta you go take back. out the pops? Why don't you just eat them? <laughs> what kind of pops? Like cereal, or what are you talking about? Gotta have my pops. Oh yeah. Why <laughs> <laughs> you just said that? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'm taking a drink, just you know, trying to get through this right now. <laughs> It's wasn't corn pop? Wasn't corn pop the name of the the black dude at the pool that Joe Biden was talking about? No, that's what he called his feet. Oh yeah, corns. That's his corns. <laughs> he wasn't always old though. Remember he was talking about he, when he was be at the at the swimming pool as a lifeguard. Oh no, the, he was uh, he was Colonel Pop then. For real? Who who was Biden? <laughs> he was in the military. Oh shit! Wait, no, Biden wasn't in the military. I don't think nah, so. Nah, man, he was his lifeguard. Is that military? Uh yeah, uh, yeah. If, if you save somebody, then yeah. Thank you for your service. Pool soldier. Pool soldier. That's the navy, basically. <laughs> you saving lives. <laughs> you ain't taking as many lives. 
How many how many times do you think a lifeguard has gone off the deep end? Many times. Gone off the deep end. <laughs> and actually contributed to a death. Contributed. Oh, so okay, are they saving somebody and in because that they're saving them, they accidentally kill them? Not they accidentally. Drown? Not accidentally. I'm talking about like Mary Mallon, you know? I'm talking about like you're in the hands of a lifeguard, right? Little do you know, this is a motherfucking psychopath. Right? Ooh. He's giving reverse CPR. Reverse CPR. Yeah, he's sucking the air out of your lungs. Ooh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Am I pitching a movie right now? You I are might be, pitching a movie. I might be pitching a movie. Killer right lifeguard. I like it. Okay, that's better than what I had was reverse lifeguard, which is not. Reverse. What the f- <laughs> death guard. Land guard. <laughs> death guard. Death guard. Yeah, death guard four. Actually, Death Guard sounds like a badass like uh, <laughs> comic book movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could be a superhero, Death Guard. Yeah, he's man. like a, he's a lifeguard by day. Yeah, uh, vigilante by night. Yeah, and well, yeah. Also, I think the villain is gonna be like um, naughty kids, right? That keep running around the pool, and that'll be like the villain, you know. And he's he's taking them out one by one. These naughty kids. So he's kind of an anti-hero. Like, yeah, he's killing kids. <laughs> he's drowning them. <laughs> he's drowning these kids, right? Um, oh, shit. But it's for the good of the pool. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you can't have people fucking... Not people, sorry. You can't have kids running around the pool. No. You got you to gotta follow the rules. Come on, man. What, what's next? Diving? <laughs> Okay, who are the who are the villains? Okay, there's uh, the children. No, no, no. But what 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 are their powers? What are their names? I know one of them Mike, eats Mikey. before he, go, he eats immediately and then goes yes, in the pool. Yes, yes. One yes. of them, diarrhea boy. Diarrhea boy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and, uh, and his his slogan is uh, uh he he has the runs. <laughs> Around hey, the pool. Hey. So, um, so, so Death Guard will be like, you know, trying to talk some sense in him. Hey, no running. And he's like, I'm not running. I got the runs. And that's his colleague card. <laughs> <laughs> that's his catchphrase. I'm not running. I have I got, the runs. I got the runs. Okay. And, they, and a lot of time they don't have a sign for no shitting. Because it's implied. Yes. But is it? You and know his, what I mean? His father is Reverend Runs. He's always shitting at church. <laughs> That's the funkiest choir I ever heard. <laughs> all right. Who else? Who else is there? Uh, obviously, there's somebody that dives all the time. You're not supposed to dive in the pool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, swan. He swan dives. Oh, the swan diver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Ooh. So the thing is, his head is made out of uh, like steel. Yeah, he's got a reinforced uh, skull and neck, right? So he can dive in the shallow end. But he goes like straight down. He hits fast it. and hard. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He hits the. But to him, it's nothing. He's, yeah, he's he was born for it. What he what he basically does is he breaks the bottom of the pool, so it just like busted wide open. Okay. Yeah, sure. That could happen. That could happen. Well, but so this and is it the, drains the pool. I think we need to get to his backstory. Is the issue here? Um, oh, okay. So uh, he's stubborn, right? 
He was told never to dive. He was told don't dive, no diving. No diving, yes. He was told no diving, and he dove in the shallow end. He, he cracked his skull. He broke his neck. Mm-hmm. They thought he was not going to make it. But not only did he make it, they gave him, like, Wolverine-style metal adamantium. in his skull. Adamantium. Adamantium skull and neck. So he can dive in the shallowest of pools. He could dive in the street with no water for fun. But this is his thing. He's trying to trick other kids to do it like him. Exactly. He's trying to get them because he can do it. He goes down, boom, he's fine. But if the other kids do it, they will die. Yeah, so that's his whole MO. Yeah. Is uh, Hey, I can do it. This is easy. Look at me. He wants more like him. He's trying to recruit an army Mm -hmm. of, uh, of shallow... Divers. Divers, yes. Because he doesn't want to be the only one. He looks stupid in the shallow end diving by himself. But now you got a whole crew. You got friends. It looks cool. It looks too, very cool. Yeah. So if there's him, there's... Uh, His flock. Diarrhea boy. Oh. Diarrhea boy is not... <laughs> Diarrhea boy. <laughs> I love it. This is great. This is great content. <laughs> this is awful, dude. Uh, <laughs> no, this is uh, look. It's 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 yeah, bad, yeah. but it's good. Not bad being bad, but bad meaning good. Yes. Okay. So um, but yeah, you know, it's it's still in. in I'm still brainstorming. You know, I'm open to uh, investors. Investors. No, I'm not open to suggestions. Fuck that. <laughs> I got all the ideas here. Okay, <laughs> I don't need any more. <laughs> I need money, man. Hey. <laughs> So I went to Chase Bank. I was like, hey, can I get a loan? I'm trying to release. Death Guard. Death Guard featuring <laughs> Swan and Diarrhea Boy. I'm available at 115 for a meeting if you want to sit down and talk about it. So, Antonio, it's been a minute. Is that what it's called? This is what this is called, yeah. Hell yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> okay, stained. <laughs> it's been so long I forgot the name of this podcast. You were the, or you still are, the highest or most listened to episode. Man, people need to get lives. <laughs> okay. Look at you. <laughs> thank you. You're thank smiling. You. Thank you. Of course, of course. No, of course you want to be the highest uh, rated episode. Listen to, rated. Yeah. You want to be the highest, you know. Um, you want, you know, every, all of it. I think people love the fact that you were so analytical. About the sometimes, business. Sometimes I'm analytical. Sometimes I want to talk about bullshit. It depends. That's how I am. You know? Yeah. But I don't want to be on a lot of... A lot of people don't know when they're boring. They can't read their self. They can't read the room. They can't read... And it's just them. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> you can't read your own room with you in there by yourself. Oh, it's so crazy. But, okay, so what do you think that is, though? Why do you think that is? Um, I think that people get too much attention outside of their podcast or their stand up. They get attention for other things that have nothing to do with the uh, I mean, okay, so stand up and podcasting, it's basically words into a microphone and then it's how it makes people feel when they hear them. But a lot of people who do stand up think, "Oh, I look good." So that contributes to um this being enjoyable. But when it comes to your podcast, it has nothing to do with how you look. has nothing to do with how cool you are, how many Instagram boomerangs you take. It's just do the words into the microphone. Make people feel good 
whether it be through laughing, whether it be through learning, are they getting a dopamine boost from it? Or do they have to know you to like it? Do they have to like you to like it? And I've never had anyone like me. Damn, that's, that's, that's sad. That's not true, man. Come on. It's, now it's kind of it's kind of sad that you take it seriously. I am about to kick you out of here. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I like you. That's why I'm here. But then you're saying that, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Okay, people like me. It's yeah. more. It's not more. Actually, people don't like me. It's either you love me or you, you hate, hate me. me. Yeah, it's um, either one or the other. And uh, so I have, um, but I've always treated everyone like I have to win their love every time or it, it'll go away or um it's almost like i have to i got into stand-up because i've always felt like i had to justify my existence as an only child kind of neglected i always felt like i needed to justify my existence and so whenever i'm talking to someone i'm like i have to i have to make something happen so that it makes their like it's worth their while, and so that's how most stand-ups should approach comedy, but they don't. They they approach it with such they had so much love from their friends and family, and that makes me sick. Uh, okay, I I kind of see that. I mean, I'm like you. I've I didn't get that much love, and I'm trying to seek it in other ways, but I I really haven't met too many comics that have like had great families that everything's gone good and the only reason they do stand up is because they just want to do it now they might not have <clears throat> great families but it doesn't mean that they don't have a, a friend group a great friend group and that's what a lot of comedians have is they have a friend group they have a group of people who whether or not they're funny they're still gonna like them if I wasn't funny, I wouldn't have a single one of the friends in comedy that I have because I don't do anything else besides the funny part and then the hang and be fun. But I don't do the the uh, everything else. I don't, you know, keep in touch or uh, go, let's go out for lunch or let's go out for this, like that. Like people do that with their friends, you know, and they take pictures. We went out to... Have a burrito, like, <laughs> yeah. like the, all that stuff. I like to be alone. I'm an introvert. I like to be alone. I mean, yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way as you, but like, I also like going out to dinner. I like get. Here's the thing. I'm beginning to realize like the people that are in comedy and they make it their life are not happy. They're not happy not because like they're not getting all these things. They're not successful in this and that. They're not happy because they're not getting the thing that they actually need, and that's actual love, actual like companionship. You know, happiness is the worst thing a comedian could ever have. Absolutely, I don't think absolutely, so. absolutely. You should never be satisfied. It's more uh, uh, towards your I mean. art. Yes, towards your art. I I totally agree with that. But in your personal life, there should be some satisfaction. Well. The thing is, you got to be able to separate the two. So now if you look at actual successful comedians and you look at where their life was before and where their life is after success, um, they usually leave their wife or leave their husband and they 
upgrade. They leave their friends. They upgrade. Everything changes. So, um, and that I'm not saying that's good or bad, but I'm saying that if you're satisfied with your life and you do stand up and you're not successful, then there's no real push for you to become successful compared to the the guy next to you that isn't satisfied that has the same success as you. So why why do you have to be sad? Why do you have to be depressed to be successful? Why can't you be happy either way? So just because you're not happy doesn't mean that you're sad. There's other emotions, right? So you could be determined, you could be the um and man there's so many. Remember uh remember that that cartoon that it was like all these faces and it was all the emotions. There was like Mr. Anxious, mm-hmm. Mr. Happy, Mr. And there was like, a, there's like a hundred emotions. Uh-huh. There's happy. And yes, yeah, sad is the absolute opposite. You're talking about the, there's a Disney movie like that now. So it's made, starring a girl and inside of her body, of anger, depression, sadness, happiness, and stuff like that. It's, it's the same idea, basically. Frozen? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about Frozen next next episode. <laughs> I forgot the name of the movie, but I know what you're talking about. Yes. Um. Well, anyways, but uh, I'm saying that there's a lot of emotions besides sad. You know, sad is actually usually a uh, not a constructive emotion. It's it's kind of deb- debilitating to actually be sad. Um, is like uh, to be grief. depressed. Yes. Depressed. See, depressed and sad also different. See, now if I'm sad, I have a reason. Right, I'm sad because I'm I'm feeling the emotion of sadness. Do you have a reason to be depressed too? Um, okay, I guess let's put it this way: if I'm sad, I feel it. Right, mm-hmm. you feel something. Is is there a pain in your chest or a pain in your wrists or something? It's an immediate reaction. It just you feel it. Yeah. There is a feeling, and depressed is when I can't feel even sad and I can't feel even or happy. And to me, if I'm sad, I'm still, I'm, 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 I'm way more comfortable with being sad because I have been depressed. I would always rather be sad than depressed because I can feel sadness. But depression means you can't feel anything. You can't watch something and get sad. You can't watch something and get happy either, but you can't even watch a sad movie and feel anything because you're so just depressed. dull your, your yes. senses have been dulled and that's the mental illness of depression um so i love when i can watch something and it makes me tear up or uh listen to a song and it, and it affects me emotionally um because Honestly, that means that that means that my brain's working i feel the same way actually i do love it when i listen to a song and it makes me cry a little bit mm-hmm. i like it when i watch a movie and it gives me that emotional attachment that i had when i was a kid and i just start having tears because i remember oh i have my mom and this and that and yeah my, my dad and i'm just like whoa this feels it feels good yeah it absolutely. feels good to feel absolutely it is yeah. um endorphins mm-hmm. you are giving yourself a drug when you cry and when you when you laugh you're but when that drug isn't being that's what depression is administered. Yes, the drugs are shutting off. No matter what you feel or what you think you should be feeling, and that's when you, the depression makes you feel like dead. 
So then you turn to like alcohol or drugs to make you feel again. Yeah, drugs, sex, alcohol. Yeah, sex. Yeah. Um, hitting your kids. That makes me feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, d- yeah. You imagine a, a dad who had no arms or legs and he's headbutting his kids. Yeah. <laughs> Come over here. <laughs> Head slap, boom. Head slap, boom. Man, that's what you got to say about these paraplegic parents. They ain't non-abusive. I'll drink to that. <laughs> Says it to himself. That's so funny. So, I, I don't know. Like, the last time we talked, we, we got really deep into the business. And now I want to talk about you. How do you feel about your comedy now? Hate it, but I'm liking. I see a corner. I'm turning a corner, um, because uh, I'm 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 accepting that I don't like who I've been as a comic. And I you don't see, like what, what do you mean by that? Who you've been? I've been a joke, someone who tells jokes for the most part. Writes bits, you know, tells stories um, about everything but my actual, true, dark pain, my true, dark, you know, admissions of times in my life I've failed, you know, I've not called my mom enough, you know, I'm, I'm not calling my grandma right now because of this podcast. I'm not don't blame don't blame the podcast. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) it's more like I look for an excuse not to talk to uh, family. I can't talk, Grandma. I'm doing a podcast right now. No, but I was gonna call her, but then you fucking showed up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, Grandma Aguilar. No, it's not. No, she's white. She would not like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's not. She's not Aguilar. Okay. No, but um, neither and my other grandma wasn't Aguilar either. Nice job, I'm assuming. Everyone's happily married to whatever. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> I'm fucking with you. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is my whole thing about not being satisfied. Okay. We should always learn to hate what we are if it's not what we want to be. Right? And I feel like if you don't hate, then you're not going to change. If you're just like, I don't really like what I am. I don't I don't like the word hate. Uh what I agree with is dissatisfied. Yeah, no, as long it's more as accurate. You, it's more accurate. As long as you're continue being dissatisfied with what you do, you will always look towards doing something better, growing in different ways. Yeah. Now, from what you said, yeah. not being happy with what you've been doing, I feel like it's because you're a joke you've been doing jokes and the jokes that you've been telling are at a surface level. Right. So uh most people's, um, if they have a, um, uh, let's, let's say a, uh, what do they tell me? Criticism, right? Mm-hmm. The criticism that I get the most is, we want to get to know you. You, yes. Right? And my whole life, comedy has been to shield from that, right? It's a defense mechanism. Defense it's, mechanism yes. from... Yourself. Your right. actual true self. I have never thought that I was worthwhile for people to get to know me. It always felt like an intrusion on them to like, all right, well, how do I actually feel right now? 
you want to know how I feel right now? <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, it's it, it feels well, like too well, much. Let me, let me ask you this: How do you feel right now? Okay. Um. So I, I feel. Oh damn! Your grandma's calling. I know. I can hear you. <laughs> she heard you. She's listening through. She's some, somehow hearing this <laughs> podcast. Antonio's phone is buzzing right now. It's ringing. <laughs> it's not my grandma, <laughs> but it could be someone. It's my birthday, so. Oh, Who yeah. Knows? Happy birthday. It's a debt collector. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it is, but that would be funny. <laughs> That's the first call you get on your birthday. It's like, uh, Mr. Aguilar, um, remember when you got a political science degree 12 years ago? <laughs> Bitch, please. No, but yeah, like, how do you feel right now? And I can't even tell you because that's the whole the whole thing. No, but okay, how do I feel? I feel ashamed that uh, I'm choosing myself over my daughter on a daily basis. Um, and, I f- and I feel like I'm doing that because I'm not living in Peru. I'm not trying to make my life there because I love this country. I love all the privileges we have here. You're able to make a living here. You can't even make a living down there. It's so hard to make a living down there. Um, and so... You, d- you just came back from Peru recently, right? You went to go see your daughter. Sure. Yeah, I went to go see her. How was that? Um, I got robbed the first day. <laughs> Seriously? But it was a great trip because before the end, um, I record. We filmed uh, a trailer for a movie. I can't tell. I can't talk about it too much. I don't think. Oh no, that was something else I can't talk about. Okay, I can talk about the movie. Yeah, we we uh, probably gonna be hopefully gonna be filming it. They have to pitch it to a studio. But uh, it's basically like Eight Mile, but instead of Eminem, it's me. And instead of rap, it's comedy. And it's a Peruvian comedian who moves from Peru to the U.S. And, uh, well, I learned English in the story. I learned English somehow. Young. <laughs> you learned it somehow. I was born in Peru. <laughs> well, you go from four to five and all of a sudden, hey, how's it going, everybody? That's easy to learn languages back then. <laughs> I got some friends like that. I got some friends like <laughs> born in Peru, but raised in America. That's what it is. Okay. Um, and uh, but it's like, like I said, so it's 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 showing the struggles of uh, an aspiring comedian and <laughs> straight out of Machu Picchu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody lives there <laughs> for thousands of years. But I hear what you're saying. No, it's not even thousands. It's I have no idea how long ago. Shame. I. I sh- I try to black out Machu Picchu because I never been there, because every time my dad would ask me to go, I would be stubborn. I would say, I w- "Well, if I go, then you know how kids are, and like the kid you're hanging out with, the cousin you're hanging out with. You're like, I'm I'm hanging out with this guy every day. This is my best friend. Let's go to Machu Picchu, okay? But not if my cousin can't come. I'm like, all right, then I would stay in the in the in the neighborhood because." Because that you know my dad wasn't inviting my cousin or wasn't inviting whatever he was just wanting me to come, and it's expensive. Yeah, maybe your dad wanted to spend time with his son. So that's the thing, man. He, he always had no, no, but he was also bringing. He was also always bringing a girl. So don't give me that, okay? It was always I'm the third wheel. He knows he has to invite me. Okay, the first time that he that he um, <laughs> the first time I went to Peru. He brought me there on the whole notion of you're going to learn Spanish now, you know, and I did learn Spanish. 
based on necessity because he dropped me off in Peru and then he came back to the U.S. without me. <laughs> he home alone you for a whole summer. <laughs> yeah, but he was home alone uh-huh. and he was not scared. He was happy. He told me it. He, he, he confessed why he did it. It was because he wanted to be single. Like a uh, bachelor again. For a minute, yeah. For a minute. For a summer. For months. Yeah. Well, he used to do that every summer. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, that's why he dropped me off at grandma's for the summer. That's why he dropped me off in Peru for the summer. Yeah. Your dad's also a human being. Your dad wants to have fun. Dude, people don't drop the, the kids off for a whole summer in a different country. Are you kidding me? Uh, my mom or my dad took us to my grandma's house and we spent like a week or two there without him. We. Yeah, my brother and sister and I. Yeah, it was just me, man. Drop me off in a different country. Yeah, but you had family. I had family I never met before. And this is your time to meet them while your dad gets laid. Now, <laughs> now I'm not saying that I judge him about it. I'm not saying I'm mad at him about it, okay? What I'm trying to say is that um, I'm just learning what it was. And so when I was, you know... I learned Spanish because the thing is, dude, there was a bunch of drama. I don't know if you've ever went to Mexico by yourself or just with your with your brothers. And then you start to get to know the extended family and there's drama between them. Oh, there's a, there's a shitload of drama. And then they fight. They're, yeah. They've been fighting with each other for years. Yeah. Now they're trying to use you against each other because they because you're brand new. Yeah, and they know that you don't know anything. Yes. So they're trying to be nice to you. Go like, here, let me give you these yes. things. You're on my side now, yes. right? Like, that's, yeah, yes. and like, oh, your t- your aunt Sophia's a bitch, and it's yes. like, wait, 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 who's my aunt Sophia? No, I know, I know who my aunt Sophia yes. is. Is no, that that's the point. They're fighting over you, and they and they say, they're oh. trying to get you on their side, right? That's because it. the family is. See, this whole thing that Latinos think is that, oh, your family is your blood, and so we're all going to stick together. That shit does not happen, ever. It does not work like that. Your family is just people. And, like, yeah, you might be related to them, but you liking them is based on your history with them. It's not based on, oh, well, we have the same grandmother. That just I mean, We can pretend like that's how it works, but that is not how it works. Have you, have you ever seen the movie American Gangster? Yeah. Okay, so... In that movie, once uh, Denzel's character comes into power, the first thing he does is he brings his family in. He brings his family into the business. And by the end of the movie, the family just keeps fucking up. They yeah. fuck up so bad yeah. that he goes to jail. Yeah. And then he ends up like snitching on everybody because his family fucked them over. Yeah. And that's the one thing I realize is no matter how much you love somebody, if they're an idiot, they're an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's the crazy thing. Like, love can only hold you together for so long, you know? Yeah. That's absolutely true. So people work with their family, and a lot of times it doesn't work out. Because what are the chances that your your nephew is also the best person to run this business with you? Exactly. Your nephew, who's never had any experience in this before, and he's learning now because you're putting him in that position. Yeah. And then when he does get the skills, he starts to see like, hey, I'm only working this business with my uncle because he's my uncle. And also he's not paying me as much as other people are getting paid. That's what I'm saying. And this is literally absolutely 100 percent true story with my family. But um, oh, this happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, the the uncle gets the nephew the, the, uh, before he has any skills. Like, don't worry, I'll teach you, you know, as a, you know, because we're family. Yeah. And then when you get the skills and you become experienced in the business and you look around, you're like, wait a second, I have these skills and I could be making twice as much money if I just work for this company. Well, I'm going to take these skills and go over there. And then basically it's just America versus uh, Peru. There's a reason that Peru and America, you know, America has dollars worth four times as much because people here are like opportunists and uh, how can I make the most money? And in Peru, it's a lot of nepotism. It's who your brother is, yeah. who, your, who your uncle is. and But it's also exploitation, too. Uh, America? Yeah, Americans. American like exploit. America exp- has been exploiting, uh, for you know, it was the slaves. Before the slaves, it was the slaves. Uh, I mean, it's always been, there's always been, exp- as we speak, there's an ex- being people being exploited. Right now, I think a lot yeah. of it is China lets us exploit them. They let us exploit their, like, their, their, like, children and shit. Right, because they're making Nikes and stuff, right? Oh, okay, I thought you were going a different way about this. <laughs> I met a I met a dude in Austin. I met a dude in Austin who he uh, he lived in Houston, and he moved to Austin because he saw a, a shipping container. No, oh. man, how boring you think this story is? <laughs> he saw a shipping container full of people, and uh, in Houston or yeah. in Austin. No, in Houston. In Houston, okay. You think Austin's the center of human trafficking in in the world? No, that's why we're number one, baby. Number one. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> uh, Deshaun Watson going to the Browns. I know that's some crazy shit. But uh, it, no, but that's not no. But uh, the, the story is, do you think that's where it ends? Come on. He 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 saw a bunch of people in a shipping container, mm-hmm. getting moved from one shipping container to another shipping container. Mm-hmm. Cause he was working on the port authority, and uh, and some guy was like, "Hey, I'll give you twenty thousand dollars, you know, for you not to say anything." And so you know, it's so he took the money and moved to well, Austin. Well, the second, yeah, well, he he <laughs> he took the money, and he he didn't have to move to Austin, but he's just like, you know what? Better up move to fucking. I, I don't. Here's want the thing: what I would do the same thing. Once you get a large amount of money like that, you move. You get the hell out of there. Okay, so the second part of any deal like that, when someone like that is giving you that type of money to say nothing, there's a second part of that deal, and it's we'll kill you if you tell anybody. Or no, we'll kill you right now. Oh, oh, either you take the money or we'll kill you. They're not gonna say it like that. Yeah. But if you show any type of like, uh, yo, it's there's a reason. Like I said, we're number one in human trafficking. Also, okay. you, you telling this story right now, wouldn't that implicate him? <laughs> no, I didn't say who he is. Okay, yeah, I guess it, that's happened to a lot of people. So, and I mean, okay, okay here's another James uh, Garrison of all. <laughs> no, if that's not if. Uh, <laughs> This guy's got to stop telling strangers the story if that's, if, if, if that's how easy it is to get. Because it's not, dude. That's not. Cause, what cause if he if just gets drunk no, and he starts telling people no, the story he, all the time? Well, he might. He might. But, but, um, but dude, the, there's no way I've implicated him because I've given as much information as I could say. Like, And I have a friend who uh, watched the cartel murder someone. Uh-huh. And he said that if they gave him a million dollars to shut up, but he's but he's telling everyone. Right. Jesus Lopez. <laughs> so you're gonna get someone actually named. <laughs> I'm gonna get 
There's like a thousand people named Jesus Lopez in Houston. I apologize. I don't know any names or anything. Dude, what kind of podcast is it when you have to bleep out names of people that you don't even not actually? They're not fake even real names. People. You gotta bleep out yeah. fake names. Yeah. You're implicating you're implicating people who you don't even know. This is the most dangerous podcast on Spotify right now. I mean, I feel like it has to be. So you I gotta feel... bleep out Jesus, man. Whoever he is. I need I need the ratings somehow, right? <laughs> Yo, this I need just people in. listening. That would be top news story. I mean, talking about dangerous, I feel like uh, what you're doing right now in, in the world is dangerous. The world. Dude, Houston is such a microcosm. It's such a small, golly, man, for the size of city it is. Austin laughs at Houston, dude. When I'm there, you can just tell. People look at you like, the fuck are you doing in Houston? What is there in Houston? And you got to be like, oh, well, um, there's a place where you can do comedy for 10 bucks. So it's a cool scene, you know. Like, we have nothing to really show for ourselves here. Um, And when people were coming to Houston, they would come to do my show. And they still come to do my other show now. But besides those shows, I mean, goddamn, it's not a show anymore. That was the other show that I would tell them to do. R.I.P. And, and even R.I.P. And even that one was hit and miss, you know. And a lot of the times it was the comics. Not gonna, you, th- you think that was the case? A lot of the times it is because they're not relating to the crowd or they're not reading the crowd and they're not giving they're not getting the crowd on their side. A lot of the time, yeah, we'll watch it. Okay, so what I feel. Like, it's the same comics getting booked over and over again, and they're doing the same jokes the same way, not really changing their sets. Um, I think it's the same comics doing the same jokes, and they weren't funny the first time they did them. Uh-huh. And, and they're they, not funny now when they're doing them again. And they can't go off script because those crowds at Avant Garden... A lot of the time, they're they want so they're younger. The thing with young audiences, actually, the same way. Yeah. The thing with young audiences, they want to see you do something special on stage. They know that you have a routine. They know that you have jokes that you're gonna tell, but sometimes they want to throw a throw a little monkey wrench into your planned set see how you deal with it and if you can hang it's almost like a party if you ever go to a party and it's a a friend group and you're the new guy and and they'll be like hey you know you know maybe they'll push you or i don't know they try try to bully you they'll test you in a way they want to test you to see how you respond are you cool that's what avant-garden that's what axelrad those young people they want to see are you cool are you comfortable? Can you can you hang if we throw you something? If somebody yells something at you, are you going to get mad? Are you going to get weird? Are you going to be like, hey, I got the microphone. Like, are you going to do some cliche, uh, unoriginal response? Or are you going to say something in the moment that shows everyone, yo, this guy's actually funny for real? Because he said something. Or she. Or she. 
It's 2022, yes. No. Or he, she. They don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> they. Or they, yes. Or they. Um, Can they hang? Yes. Um, And a lot of the time, we, as comics, think that we are like, we, we have uh, a right to get laughs. Like, these are funny jokes. Hey, it's you guys. It's like, no, it's us not giving a fuck about your jokes right now. Switch it up. That's that's a very good insight. Uh, sometimes they don't want jokes. Sometimes they just want to talk. Want you to talk. Yeah. Then just bullshit with them. And they don't want to have to ask for it. They want you to be able to sense it. Yeah. You should be able to notice by the energy they're putting out, by the looks on their faces, by someone on their phone. And if someone's on their phone, that's an ex- that there it is. That's a p- elephant in the room. And if they're in the front row, Ooh. that's an elephant in the you room. You talk about that. That's yeah. an elephant in the room that if you can make it funny, everyone knows. He's this, cool. This person is cool. He's cool. Yeah. This person is cool. They're cool. Yeah. So I think that's the issue of these these young audiences. And now we're talking about Galveston. You might not have to do that because they get so few entertainment options that they're just happy anyone's there. And so you're telling jokes. They're like, thank God someone's here. <laughs> <laughs> we're laughing at attempts at jokes. <laughs> oh, shit. Really? Just attempts. Yeah. Like the improv, uh, not the not the improv club. But um, if you ever done improv shows or gone to improv shows, the energy of the audience is they laugh at the attempt. They laugh at you trying to make a joke because they're so used to – that's just different. They have different expectations. Yeah. And they know you're making it up right now. So they're like, hey, he's trying. Bad pun, it's fine. He just made it up right now. It's all good. We're all friends. We're all going to – It's a different energy. Right. And uh, that's the type of energy that smaller crowds – I mean smaller towns, smaller towns have that energy. You know what's funny? I think uh – so you made a really good point. I whenever I went to Lubbock, they freaking loved me, and it was a different feeling because I was just like, I don't ever get this type of response in Houston. Why am I getting this here? And it's it's uh, the Booker came up to me afterwards, or I I came up to her, and she was like, Wow, that was so funny. That was so original and different. And and I was just like, Oh, they've never seen something like this before. Lubbock's a tight pussy. Yeah, Houston's loose. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do all kinds of goofy moves in the pussy to make a girl come here. You gotta yeah, you gotta move around. You got the motion, the ocean, yeah. the commotion. You gotta bring a vibrator sometimes, like, some lotion. Yeah, all all of it. Um, you gotta pull all the tricks out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in these small towns, they got tight pussies. They're happy a dick arrived. Yeah, that's a very good point. I never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. But they'll, they'll let you come inside. Yeah, she'll. They, they, Lubbock let me come all over the place. You go to small towns. You don't need to get a hotel. Just do good. You're like, hey, you want to crash at me and my wife's house with our three kids on the couch? We just love you so much. You're like part of the family now. And they're like, all right, better than a hotel. I've wa- I've waked. I've wa- waked. <laughs> you waked and bake. <laughs> I've woken up to like five, six year old children uh, playing. Like around you, playing around me, yeah, on the road, because they just trust you for some reason. I mean, they can trust me because I'm cool, but I wonder if their kids ask, like, "Mommy, who's the 
uh, drunk, uh, drunk. Who's the drunk Peruvian on our couch? <laughs> can you imagine a, can you imagine a five year old having that type of perception? <laughs> that this half Peruvian sleeping bearded man, she's like, he's Peruvian. Yeah. Like, how does she know? But she knows, because it's not the first rodeo. They've had Guatemalans on the couch. Yeah, they could smell the guinea pig on my breath. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, small towns different, and small towns will make you f- give you confidence. I think that's a, a that's what's giving me a lot of confidence is that I know that worst case scenario. See, my plan B is a lot of people's dream, um, but my plan B is to just be a road comic. And to just go back on the tour of all the booking agents that I used to work with, and you know, hundred dollars a show, day to day, driving three hours here, driving three hours, another three hours. Where the fuck am I now? You know, I'm in a third, three states away from where I live, but I got shows now, and I'm doing shows, and I'm doing shows. And then years pass, and you know, you're making a living. I used to make a living just with stand up, and I didn't even sell merch. I was I didn't sell merch. I didn't have a side job. Now I have like DoorDash and shit. I didn't have any of that before. I only made the money that I got from my bookers or from uh yeah, I mean I guess I had merch sometimes, but very low. I had way less merch than I should have had. A lot of people have substantial merch and they're making a lot more money. But um that's my my plan B is that. So I think when people are like, Why do you act like you have nothing to lose? It's like yeah, my plan B is to do the road as a roadie, road comic, not a roadie. That's a different thing. And as a non-famous comedian, which means you're making one to two hundred dollars a night uh, doing these shows for people who are just there to see comedy, but they're not there to see you. They would they would have came to see whoever they trust the booker. They trust the booker. They trust the venue. Honestly, it's not a bad life. Well, it's not. And that's why I'm not that's that. That that's exactly why I'm not so scared. Like people would be, it's like, oh, you do whatever you want, you stay whatever you want in Houston, and it's because it is not a bad life, and it would actually be even better now because now I do also DoorDash, so I'll be making a hundred dollars on my show, maybe fifty to a hundred dollars during the day, so I wouldn't really have a lot of. I mean, you make it two hundred dollars a day, and fucking, you know, you're fine. That's it's pretty good money. Um, I don't have very high lifestyle. Uh, expectations so yeah, absolutely it'll be don't talk me into it because i'll fucking <laughs> i feel like we're doing that right now um no so, i so one of the biggest things that i i want to do something here now that's my so my I've, I've fallen in love with the idea of belonging somewhere okay and uh do you do you feel like you haven't belonged anywhere so this is a okay Let's get back to I've learned that in every scene, once you are there long enough, if you don't kiss the right asses and you um, let's say you uh, for whatever reason, every scene that I've I'll say Chicago, Minneapolis, Madison, all these Midwestern cities. Let's say there's it's so uh, fragile your standing because it's based on back then I didn't have anything to fall back on right so if I uh-huh. so like let's say my first my first scene Madison uh-huh. I dated a girl 
got her into stand up. We broke up. She decided I'm going to get the comedy, the comedians on my side to hate you because I'm a girl. You're a guy. There are a bunch of guys in this scene. They're going to pick my side because they want to pick the girl. Right. And uh, I'm going to tell them that you owe me money. I'm going to tell them you owe me four thousand dollars for rent. Right. Yeah. Now, the real story is that she didn't charge me rent while we were dating. I would watch her kids. When she had shows, I would watch her kids. Do my, I watch her kids all the time. I buy groceries and all that shit. She never charged me rent because she, that wasn't... You I wasn't were on, helping out. I wasn't on the lease. Yeah. You know? But when you break up, she can say that, oh, he owes me money. The guys in the scene are going to be like, oh, okay. Oh, you're, you're, you're a dick. You're an asshole. He's a dick. Yeah. Then, right? Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Now, uh, my headlining show in town... She gets like, hey, we're all going to do this thing where we're going to sit in the front at his at his show. And heckle? No. Well, n- they didn't even do that. They stay for the whole show, except until I got on stage. They organized the walkout. <sighs> As I got on stage, like, you know. What 10, about your children? 10, 12 people. Okay, so this is the point. It's so juvenile. Well, this is the point. I learned that. Your if your standing in a scene is based just on whether you're cool and it's that fragile based on like one person could be like, they're not cool anymore. Okay. Then they're not cool anymore. That's gonna make you realize that, hey, okay, then this didn't mean shit here. I it's time for me to move. So like uh around that time I was already actually that I was already like we broke up and I actually moved to the road very quickly. But I think I was back in town, and that's when that all happened. And I realized, okay, I'm not, I'm not really liked here anymore because of her. I'm on the road. She's here. She's been mingling with everyone these months. She's, you know, getting on all these shows, talking to more people. I don't know if she's really getting on any shows. Well, she's talking to more people, but trying to get hanging, them on her. She's side. hanging with the open mic, yeah. the open mic scene. All comedy scenes are most it's open mic scene. Mm-hmm. And she's convincing them that you know. And then. Uh, in Minneapolis, there was a couple of uh, comics, I remember, that they decided I wasn't cool because I said something on Facebook. And because of something I said on Facebook, they're like, oh, he's a, uh, uh, I think I was a, f- <laughs> I think I was fat phobic. <laughs> Which, again, if the people that decide to do this to you are popular enough, it can get you not to be not cool now. Shunned from a scene. Shunned. Yes. I was uh, on the road in uh, in my hotel room drunk watching uh, movie previews. And uh, one was for this movie with Ma- Melissa McCarthy. And she was playing like a boss. I think it was called Boss Lady. And I see this. Very, very original, by the way. <laughs> I think it's called Boss Lady. These people. Are... Maybe maybe something else, but it's, it, she's a boss. Yeah. And I see her in this movie. Doing the type of physical comedy that like Chris Farley would do, where it's like shamelessly making fun of themselves, the way they look, their weight, falling mm-hmm. down, breaking things, you know, uh, yeah, all that uh, pratfalls, slapstick, and physical, physical comedy, a lot of physical stuff, right? But not just physical, like uh, Charlie Chaplin, because like when Charlie Chaplin was making a fool out of himself, they're like, yeah, but he's still like he's pretty slick. 
He looks cool. It's goofy, but he's still he's not really humiliating himself. You know what I mean? But like the way Melissa McCarthy would would do uh, um, this movie, for example, like she's like breaking a shower while trying to do a spray tan and like her ass is out. You know what I'm saying? Like she's really humiliating herself. She's going all the way for the part. Yeah. For the laughs. And I'm watching it and I'm like, damn, that is she's fearless about how she looks. And I really thought it was attractive. I was like, this bitch doesn't give a fuck. She's confident. Confident. Yeah, very confident. That's sexy in itself. She was really sexy to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, drunk in my Motel 8. <laughs> I can already tell where this is going. <laughs> I've been there many times, actually. So I just post on Facebook, I ain't even gonna lie. Melissa McCarthy, something. Either I'd fuck her. Can get it. Can get it. I think that's what I said. Yeah. And uh didn't take too long before it's why. Oh, this is my favorite comment because it, we got to be part of one of these woke scenes, man. This Minneapolis scene It's a paragraph saying, why would she ever want it from you? She's a millionaire. She's hilarious. She's successful. Blah, blah, blah. She's has so much of this going for you're a road middle hack loser in a motel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Okay, so uh, my question initially is did this person already have something against you? Not that I knew. Not that I knew of. From what I from what I knew we did shows together, we've been friendly. Um that's the thing. Dude. From your perspective, like you thought this person liked you. At least liked me. But yes. that's what I'm learning, dude. People don't like me. They either love me or they hate me. There's no like because a lot of the time, too, I've noticed if you work with people enough and you really aren't impressed by their stand-up and you don't tell them great set and mean it, over time, they're going to start to hate you because they think that you don't like them personally or something. I don't have to like every set from you. When you've... I don't like most sets from everyone. I don't either. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm that type of person. I'm like, you. if you want to entice me, if you want me to laugh, if you want me to like your, your set, you have to do something amazing. It's just... There's a... I will... I've been in enough scenes, I've seen enough shows and enough comics that I want my compliments to matter to people. And I know they do because I don't give them out. I probably have a reputation like that. He never says anything nice. Yeah, know? but you don't have to do that. It's like you don't have to baby these people. Now, if you notice, a lot of comics um, that have a lot of comedian friends, uh-huh. they have this big comedian friend group. It's built on that. Babying each other, lying to each other, sucking each other's dicks, basically telling each other how great they are and how they're going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's the biggest problem with certain scenes because no, it's not just scenes. It's, it's, it goes all the way up to Netflix. It goes all the way up okay, to Netflix. in the entertainment business, in then. the entertainment business. That's the biggest problem with the entertainment business, because you're not telling each other the truth, because if you notice you tell people the truth or you withhold the compliment they get mad over time they start to resent you yeah they start to and so i think that's <clears> where <throat> certain attacks at me i honestly think when i haven't really done anything 
to them besides not tell them they're great or sometimes I will tell you something, man. I laugh when someone's really bombing. Yeah, me too. I love it. I love it when they bomb. It's funny to me. And it's funny because I've been in that situation, so I know exactly what they're thinking at that moment, what the they're feeling. That, that's not where I'm coming from with the laughing. Okay, where are you coming from? I'm laughing at them getting a dose of reality. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Because a lot of the time, it's someone who they think they're the shit, and the crowd is like, this guy thinks there's a the shit, and they're not. And I'm laughing at them. You're laughing at them failing and realizing, oh, okay, maybe I'm not as funny as I think I am. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And that is enough to make that comic hate you because they know that laugh. They see you and they know. And I mean, if that happens to me, man, yo, it's, I think I, maybe I get away with it because they don't know why I'm laughing. But if they had any idea why, they're like, hey, do you not like me? It's like, it's not personal. Okay, I agree with you. I have laughed because of that many times where I've seen somebody, they start getting this ego. They start acting like they're funnier than you. They start like, they even try to like big hoss you sometimes. Yeah. And when they get on stage and they start bombing, I laugh. I laugh out loud. Mm. And mm-hmm. it's a hard, it's a hearty laugh. Mm-hmm. But I also want them to hear that. Mm-hmm. I want them to know, hey, I'm laughing and you know why. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've twisted the knife sometimes and I'm not proud of it, but it's so fucking fun. Sometimes when someone's bombing really hard. Yeah. And if you know how to read a room, even as an audience member, you can say something that will get the crowd to laugh. Yeah. That's based on how bad you're bombing. And I've done that, too. And uh, I know that's mean, but it's fucking fun. It's like the teacher's bombing and you're in the class. <laughs> I've done that, too. Like, yeah. you, uh, the comic gets off and you immediately go on. It's like, hey, what about that guy? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's shitty. That's, okay. I think that's shitty. I'm not talking about that. That's different. I hate that, actually. Okay. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't shit on the comic before you unless it's funny. You have to say something about it funny. But if you're just like. That guy sucked. Anyways, get into it. No, I'm not. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you make a joke out of what happened. Okay, yeah. If you make a joke, yeah. Like, let's say, um, oh, yeah. It's like, I think someone was, like, bombing about their divorce, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, I hope he keeps the kids. Something like that. You know, you say something like that, get a laugh, you know? Nah, you know. But what did you mean, though? Oh, uh, no. I mean, um, you're in the audience. Maybe you're not even on the show. And they're bombing. And you say something in the audience. And that makes everyone laugh. So uh, I saw this comic. He was on stage. He was hosting an open mic. And then he was bombing, right? Yeah. And the audience, people in the audience were like talking and they were getting bigger laughs than the comic on stage. Yeah. And I got kind of mad. I was like, how the hell are you going to let the audience be funnier than you? It's not let. It's just they are funnier than him. Oh. That's just... And it just confused me. I was like, why are you doing comedy if these people are way funnier? Well, they're than new, probably. Yeah, newer, newer guy. Newer, and um, they haven't built that muscle. And there's a muscle in reading the room. 
being able to be the one that acknowledges your set not going well before the crowd has to do it. The crowd shouldn't be the one being like, hey, we're not enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, but sometimes it is good to let somebody know. Um, You mean it's good for the crowd to let the comic know? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, it shouldn't get there. It should never get there. It should never the get crowd, there. The, the comic should be able to read it there and know. So how do you describe reading a room then? Just picking up on the vibe, man. I know it's hard. It might be a sense. It might be like a sixth sense. But um, if if people, if you you just, I think you just you do enough stand up, you know the different vibes that crowds have. There's the we're talking a little bit. All of us are kind of talking a little bit vibe. There's we're silent because we're bored vibe. There we're silent because we're excited vibe. There we're silent because uh, we're mute. We don't have vocal cords. It's a different vibe. You've done comedy to a mute crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's just like dying laughing, but they're not making any sound. Yeah. You can see them like. Be a lot of clapping. Yeah. A lot of clapter. Clapter, yeah. Um, But there's all these different types of vibes. And, um, you know, I've I've done shows where the crowd not only. They didn't know there was going to be a show. That's one of the hardest ones. I did a St. Patrick's Day bar. St. Patrick bar on St. Patrick's Day that didn't know there was going to be a comedy show because the bar didn't tell anyone, they didn't, didn't advertise. Didn't advertise. Yeah. And we show up and like, "Hey, we're here to do comedy show." And they're like, "Oh, that's tonight?" All right. Well, you can set up in front of the bar. <laughs> Shit. And, uh, yeah, it was in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota. And, yeah, the crowd, they didn't know there was going to be a comedy show. So you have to get everyone to stop having a good time, to have your kind of good time. Stop having their good time. Stop, stop having their good their time. Their good time, yes. To now listen to you. Yes. And now you have to make them like you from such a whole. You feel me? You're basically ruining their night they had planned to do a half hour <laughs> and get them on your side. Damn. So I've been through that. And when you go through that type of shit, you know the difference between a crowd that likes you and a crowd that doesn't like you. And you, th- you have to learn. And, and, and the thing is, you have to say the elephant in the room. You got to be like, you didn't know there was going to be a show tonight. And we're, we are so sorry about that. <laughs> You were having so much fun, and God damn it! And I have a I, now it's become a hacky joke, but at one point it was a, a it was a, a real riff that I said. You know, I if you want to talk, I can't get mad at you. If I had friends, I wouldn't even be here right now. I would be somewhere <laughs> like you, hanging out with my friends. Now that at one time was just a riff that was naturally how I felt, but I use it a lot now because people relate to that. They're like, this guy. They, they that that gets them on my side when I say that, and then they're li- they're willing to now listen a little bit. I mean, uh, there's always a few drunk people on a St. Patrick's Day show that's like, I don't give a fuck how likable he is. I'm telling a story. <laughs> he stopped me in the middle of my story, <laughs> my DUI. Now I'm about to get another one after this. But uh, but yeah, okay. So 
Well, like you talking about that right now just excites me. It's just like I want to get in front of that crowd now. I want to see if I have what it takes Dude, I, to do that. I will give you the name of some unorganized bookers. <laughs> <laughs> we can make that happen for you. It's <laughs> a dream come true. Because, <laughs> you know, you still get free drinks, food, and 100 bucks. Well, okay, so let me, let me ask you this. Because you have been through so much, because you've been doing comedy for so long, uh, do you feel like you have, like you, you, you've already been doing it, so you deserve some of these things? Do you deserve anything? Do you feel like that? No. No, I don't deserve anything. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just saying that I don't have the type of fear that a lot of people have as far as whose butt they have to kiss no matter what. Um, I don't have any butts I have to kiss. Even my bookers that I've worked for. Um, well, do you feel entitled in a way? I hope not, but probably, yeah. I probably do, yeah. Probably, yeah, I feel entitled, yeah. I would say I feel entitled because I know that I can just do it myself. Um, I worked for one booker who all he did was call breweries and ask if they want to do a comedy show. And if they said yes, he would say, okay, we're going to do it on this day at this time, click. And that's it. That was all the information he, he needed from them. Then he would make a Groupon in that city. He would make uh, Eventbrite in that city. And, you know, he, he knew how to invest because he, he'd done it before and it worked. And he, he invested the certain amount of money needed to alert this small town brewery that there was going to be comedy that night. Then he would pocket the money and he'd give the comments, you know, here's a hundred bucks. He sold out middle of nowhere barn brewery in Missouri because of there's nothing to do in this particular area. But he knew how to work the system. If you live in a town of 400 people, okay, and you see comedy night at my brewery that I go to every weekend, fuck yeah, I'm going to that. But you're already going to go there either way. going to go there either way, but that maybe. But maybe let's say that there's a few other. Let's say that you don't always go to that brewery every weekend, right? But maybe you go to it regularly. And it's a spot that you go every once in a while. But you're going to go that night. Yeah. And, hey, are you going to the comedy show? Yeah. It's in the. They start talking. They, they, they start talking that there's yeah. a comedy night. They show up. You got a barn of 100, 200 people, and they've all paid $15, $20 tickets because it's a fucking – people don't come to – and these people have money. You don't live in wow. you don't live in a barn town if you don't have money. <laughs> barn town, Minnesota. Listen, let's say – yeah, <laughs> probably is. Um, if, you, if you live in a small town in Minnesota and you want to see stand-up, you probably have to go to Minneapolis or or to uh, at least to uh, a different city, an actual city. I'm trying to think of another city in Minnesota. Uh, there's another one. <laughs> Get back to you on that. But uh, you have to drive there. Time plus gas. It's going to be at least 10 bucks. Yes, equal, equals comedy. Yes. So. <laughs> that's funny. Um. So you, let's put the ticket. Let's put that into the ticket price. You feel me? Uh-huh. Instead of charging ten dollars in a small town, let's charge twenty dollars because they don't have to drive now. So it's that it's like they're giving you a tip for coming to them. Okay. Now let's times that by a hundred to one hundred fifty people. 
times 20, you know, it's like 3,000 some bucks, right? You're the promoter, okay? You have these two comics you sent there. You give one $200. You give the other one $100. They're happy because it's a gig. But they don't know how much you actually got. They don't want to know. They don't want to know. What do you mean by that? I didn't want to know. I didn't. I didn't want to know how much the booker was making. Because he would give me like 20 days, 20 dates in a month. Okay? So, like, I have a tour now. I can post on my, if you see my old Facebook page. 20 days is $100 is 2000 right there. He's making that per show. Exactly. But to me, I'm happy. And he knows it. Because my expectations for money, I'm not doing it for money. I'm doing it for to say I'm a comic and to be able to, to be a comic. So you're being exploited then. Absolutely. You're happy being exploited. I don't want to know how bad I'm getting exploited. Yeah. Because it would hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so he's been, when, you know, I, I worked for him because I wanted to be able to post these dates on my cover photo. And it'll make you look more legit. It made people think I'm making it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure people would message you on Instagram or Facebook. Oh, my God. Great job. That's awesome. So happy for you. Yeah. Man, my family felt better about me doing stand-up, you know, uh, because they're like, ah, he's he's doing it. He's making. But they don't know what's actually going on. What, what's actually going on is that yeah. you got you got someone and he's not only running. I mean, this guy has got to be. He's he's making a killing. He runs two to three shows a night all over the country and sends these comics to do it for 100, 200 bucks. And he's making thousands of bucks a show. What the fuck? Because it's that easy. And um, in town, we have people doing it, but it, it's, it's not, they're not exploiting as bad. No, they're not exploiting at all. They're not exploiting at all. They're not exploiting at all. There are people in town that know how to promote. And when you promote correctly, you get butts in the seats and you make money. All comedy is is knowing how to promote. Promote, yes. And everything happens online now. It's all online. It's all through Eventbrite, Groupon, uh, all these other. These There's a few other ones like it. People want to know what what was there to do this weekend. Like Google ads, you, too. You pay enough money. Google Ads, um, to promote yourself, you're going to be an option. And they like comedy, you're the option they pick. It's that easy. Um, So there's certain places that don't even want to invest this small amount of money because they don't either, I don't know if they don't believe in themselves or they just don't know how to do it. And you'll see a difference between the amount of money they're making versus the amount of money that the ones who do know how to do it are making. And a very important thing to do is to, you have to always charge tickets. Because if you don't charge tickets at your venue, people are going to become accustomed to not that having pain. to buy tickets. Yeah. And so then when you ask for tickets, they don't want to buy it. They say, we'll go to free night. We're not going to go to the, the night where they charge tickets. We'll go to your show on uh, tomorrow then when it's free. Well then, what's your opinion on pay what you can shows? Like you so you that. you say you're not paying, but Fuck then that. you put out a bucket no, and no. ask for money. No, 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 no. If you can't pay, because it says pay what you can. If you can't pay ten dollars, then you can't see live comedy. You don't get to just fucking go. 
pay what you can. No. Who wants these audience members? Do you want fans who can't afford a $10 ticket? No. No. I don't want those fans anyway. I don't want their Instagram follow. I don't want them anywhere near me. I want them to go to your shows. Not you personally, but I want them to go to your shows. Your pay what you can shows. You don't want them to go to my shows? Damn. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. What I mean is because you know what I mean. I know. I'm just messing with you. I want audiences that that have the respect to give you 10 bucks at your show. Yeah, we all want that. Of course. It's not just want. We need we need to demand that. At least 10 bucks. What are you talking about? Starting a union now? No. But uh and and I'll say $10 if it's at a club, right? If I'm doing a show in my backyard, maybe 5, you know, let's be honest. I'm I'm not paying rent. I'll be honest. I you don't got to give me 10. <clears throat> well, let's But if it's a club or if it's a venue, it's if it's an actual, you know, a place of business, yeah, we need to respect ourselves enough to be like, hey, 10 bucks, come on. Okay, can I ask you, is it okay if we talk about the show that you used to run at a comedy club? Because mm-hmm. this is the conversation Best that we're having. Group. Best of Secret Group. Best of Secret Group. So sure. you used to run it, right? Yeah. Why did, did you stop? Okay, Um, I would say that the most important reason is that I was told... Um, no more out-of-towners unless they're already in town because we don't want people having to drive here for a measly $15. And I knew that those people who had been driving for what they said, a measly $15, which whenever people came from out of town, I would give them a couple shows, if not three shows, so that they're getting enough, at least for gas. They're getting more than 15, yeah. And they're having a good time. That's really what it was all about. They're having a good time. That's why they're there. They're not there for 15 bucks. They're there for a good time and at least enough gas to get home, for the most part. I didn't have any complaints about the money. So it didn't seem like whatever. Um, I was told that. And so then I'm thinking, huh, I have this the, all these comics that I've booked from out of town that are going to hit me up again and ask, hey, that was fun. Can I, you know, do it a show again? And now I have to become the guy to say, oh, uh, no. Now I'm burning these bridges, mm-hmm. which are bridges that I are of comics that I respect. I think are funny. I enjoyed hanging out with. I don't want to have to one by one be like they changed the policy. Um, we can't really book out of towners right now, but hit me up. No, that's not. So that's the real reason. And now, besides that, I could give you ten more reasons. Um, but that's that's the yes. that was the the, the that's the, your thirteenth reason. That was the <laughs> that's the straw that broke the camel. Yeah, the camel's back. Okay. Um. So yeah. So okay. So that's that's the biggest thing. Is that uh, did they know that you were booking them for more than just one show, one measly fifteen dollars? Here's another reason. If they didn't ask, they wouldn't know. And before asking, they like to tell me no more of whatever you're doing. You feel me? But I'm going to say this right now. You built a very successful show. That the, the reason why I started liking the club again, I don't know if we should name them or not, but... 
just call it. I just have best of secret group. I don't have anything. Okay. Well, the, high, the reason why I started well, whenever the pandemic ended, not ended, but like stopped a little bit, and everything started opening up. Best of secret group started right. Right, and it was hot from the start. It was amazing. You I, packed I had out. To, I had nothing to do with it from the start. The, but the room but, was but almost. It was packed out it every weekend. It. So as soon as they um they reopened, it was packed. It was. But so people wanted to, to come that. out. People, people wanted, wanted to come out. People wanted to come out. People needed comedy at that right. time, and people wanted to go to a show. So right. you you gained it, 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 off of that. It, it it could have it could have been like it could it, it, not necessarily they might not have needed me, but they had a consistent show that had at least a certain a level of like there's gonna be some funny people in this show. It's not and it's gonna end on a high note, and that was what I always wanted to make sure that it ended on a high note. And that's what everyone remembers. You were at the right place at the right time. Yeah, sure. I'll say that. You 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 got you got put in a good position. Yes. And but you used it to your advantage and you ran it well. Yeah, I put my I put my heart into it. And it showed though, because every weekend it was consistent and there were so many comics coming from out of town. And that's one of the things that I love the most is you saw a variety of comics instead of seeing the same comics over and over again yeah. doing the same set like we just talked yeah. about before. People people met their uh like they they met on my shows. Like they met like I I know some people they met like a girl and now they're kinda of seeing each other. Like they met in the green room. Because I would have these people coming from all the different parts of Texas, and the green room was a great hang for a, for a bit because it was like, oh, I, I know you. I see your posts. And so and so, oh, yeah, I'm from Dallas. Well, you yeah, weren't just connecting Houston. audiences. You were connecting comics. In the too. green room. Yes, in the green room. Yes. And I knew and, – and I cared enough. I cared about the green room as much as I cared about the, 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 the show. I wanted to say, is the green room good? Are people hanging out in there? Are they having fun? Are they getting to know each other? Are they vibing? That matters to me too because the comic that they have a good hang in the green room. Fuck fifteen bucks, man. I got, I got to meet a great friend now. This is even better. This better. This is this experience. This you is gotta compare it to fifteen bucks. You don't gotta be too good to be better it's than fifteen bucks. Because that that fifteen dollars could lead to maybe a hundred dollars after that. A different well, show at well, a different spot. The hang, the hang will lead. The fifteen dollars is fifteen dollars, but the, I know, but that could lead to something else. You yeah, know? absolutely. It, that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Absolutely, absolutely, it, and it does, and it did for a lot of people. Um, so it, it sounds like the higher ups really didn't understand that aspect. Well, um. I mean, no, no, uh, they didn't probably understand that or they don't care about that or they don't like the fact that that was happening because maybe they're not as good at making everyone feel like part of something in a green room when they walk in. Maybe they're not as charismatic and uh, nice people, people. Maybe they don't walk in and they're like, hey, introduce themselves to each everyone. We're having a good week, man. I'm so glad you guys could come. Maybe they're not that type of person. Do you know who I'm talking about? But Could you, you ever imagine who I'm talking about? I know who you're Walking into about, the yes. green room, introducing themselves to everyone, no. thanking them for coming, telling them they're going to do a great show. I saw your stuff on this. You're very funny, blah, blah, blah. Or are they only going to talk to the person that they're brought with them that they're like standing next to and, and talking about the green room like, yeah, this is the show that we do here. And these are the comics that are on it. Like like we're like animals in a zoo and that you are so above us 
because you rub shoulders with someone else who is also only cares about who they're friends with. But but that's the entertainment business, though. Doesn't have to be. Okay, so that what you just explained sounds like old Hollywood to me. Yeah. Well, yeah. In a sense, that's basically what old Hollywood is. You give yourself this certain type of status. And you think you're better than everybody mm-hmm. and you withhold certain things from some people because they haven't earned your trust or whatever. They haven't kissed the ring enough. Exactly. They haven't kissed your ass enough. But like there's a new Hollywood coming in now. There's new comics. It's new- not Hollywood. Well, it's a new wave. There's a new wave of comics coming in and they're getting notoriety, not from being booked or being on TV or this. It's from the Internet. Yeah. From podcasts, from YouTube. Yeah. From other sources and stuff yeah. like that. So I feel like that's a good TikTok. thing too. TikTok. That's another thing. Reddit. That's good though. Because it shows you that there isn't that one way to do it anymore. It's only good if you are talented. But if you're not talented and you have to depend on these the other ways of yes. getting booked, that's your worst nightmare. What do you mean? If you are not funny then the fact that people that can get booked on social media or blah, 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 and the fact that you have to kiss ass yourself. So if... if Oh, if the content you're making online isn't good? No, the, these people... This person, the, you, don't, you don't even make content. You don't even make content. Because you don't think you have to because you're friends with people. Oh, okay. You're stuck in your ways. There is no yes. ways you you've never made content. And if you could, I'm sure you would have by now done something, put something out there. Funny people are like, oh, did you see his joke? Yeah, that's so funny what he said. If you ever could do that, you have and you're a comedian, you would you've been doing that. And people would have been have been acknowledging that and being like, yeah, you're funny. You make me laugh with the content that you put out, the things that you say. The memes that you make, whatever. Now so I've I've gotten that from some people. Like I've gotten that uh, the appreciation and stuff like that. Hey, that video you made was funny, or hey, that podcast episode was good and stuff like that. So I, but I don't do it for that approval. I do it because I want to do it because I like doing it. Yeah, well, and that's why it's good. If you were doing it for approval, it wouldn't be good. You can see those people who are putting content out for approval. They're not even enjoy. They don't even enjoy it. You know, people who will post a joke and then like they'll be like, I hate myself for this. And everyone's like, you know, it's like. If you enjoy the what you're doing, then it's going to be good unless you're crazy. And if that's the fact, if that's the case, fuck it, man. Keep doing it, you crazy asshole. <laughs> At least you're having fun with no likes. And this, you know, good for you. Keep doing it. Well, it's more delusional than anything. Well, is it? A, if you're happy, you're happy. Fuck it, man. You know, I like playing with my toys by myself in my room. You know what I mean? What you know, it's not for anyone else. And no one likes it. Fuck them. I like them. What I'm doing. But a lot of the time, the only reason that if, if it's really if it's if you're really delusional, then, you know, that I mean, that can't happen. But a lot of the time, the only reason that it's not getting likes are either you're not uh, maybe you're not sharing it correctly. You're not putting it out there enough or people think that if they like your thing that they might not be able to get booked anymore. So that 
no, but that's a real thing, it, and it it confuses me. It's like, why are you not? Why are you scared of liking a certain person's post or video or whatever? Because of if you do, then the other person's gonna see a booker or whatever's gonna see and like, oh, I'm not booking that person anymore well, because they like this post. I mean, I I, I did that recently because uh, someone. So this whole festival thing, I was in Austin. Okay, let's let's talk about. Yeah, I was uh I was doing DoorDash for like all South by Southwest because popping, and um, I just got a, a funny. I was like, well, man, wouldn't it be funny if I just say I'm doing the festival too, uh, the same date, <laughs> and just said, hey, if you're not on it, you can be at my festival. I thought that would be funny. It's hilarious. Um, it's a dollar for a domain for the first year, and then you can just let it cancel. <laughs> it takes. 10 minutes to set up and you know steal somebody else's logo from <laughs> google images that i'm not making money on anything i don't give a fuck i'm just gonna put it on there it's that easy i'm like i'm gonna do this and just just to see what okay so what the festival is called come and take it and what was your festival called well it's okay well the name is and i'm not gonna say that it's not gonna happen well, uh, what's your what's the name of your festival that you want to put on take that <laughs> it's so it's so good it's so good but okay so when i first saw that my initial thought was oh this is just a joke this is hilarious it was just a joke it was a hundred percent now as far as it being a festival now it was a joke in that i would yeah, the people who respond, I will do a show with these people. Uh huh. As long as they're not like crazy people, and most people who commented, I'm like, sure, give you, you know, five seven minutes. Okay, so what started it all? What made you want to do this? Want to create this joke at first? What made what what forced you to? Well. Well, I wasn't on Come and Take It. I mean, I've been on it before. Okay. Okay, so you want to really... Okay. Uh, good question. Because um, now, there was a, a festival in Milwaukee called the Milwaukee Comedy Festival. And uh, I remember submitting to it because the the website said hundreds of comedians, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's amazing. hundred comedians? Well, fuck, I'll probably get in. I'll submit, right? Uh, and then the the lineups announced, and they picked nine stand-ups, right? Uh-huh. And then they had, like, they had, like, uh, 20 improv troops. The thing about Chicago area, so Milwaukee is all kind of Chicago area, they really like improv. They, this is the only city in America is... Uh, Chicago, when you say you do comedy, they say uh, like improv or stand up. They actually ask which one because it's that popular because of Second City. You have to specify because of Second City. Yeah, that it's actually usually improv is what they mean when they say comedy. Don't get me started, but okay. So to me, I'm like, well, that's kind of a misrepresentation because they said there's going to be hundreds of comedians, and I submitted my money, twenty bucks, whatever. Because I'm like, well, I, I thought they were picking hundreds of comedians. They only picked nine comedians, right? So I, they're announcing their lineup and everyone that, you know, 
is on it is like you know sharing it and being like oh my god so excited yeah i'm on the festival yay um and i just commented i was like hey i was just wondering how many submissions you got um for this festival that's all i asked and they said oh there's no way for us to know that or to find that out it would you know we don't have that information i was like well can you at least tell me like how much uh i mean you wouldn't be able to tell me like the amount of submission fees that you collected like we don't have that information so um after saying that a couple people who were on the festival responded to me and you mean like hey just because you didn't get in it doesn't mean you have to like be a dick (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck so immediately attacking you for asking yeah simple questions like yeah. things that should probably be, yeah, be they asked. Del- i think they deleted it in the comment no shit they yeah. deleted it yeah wow and the people who um were kind of running it they're like don't fuck with him he's a he's a piece of shit talking about you yeah yeah um so then they didn't they didn't, they didn't like me like after that no, one runs the improv in Milwaukee. Like, you know, he does not like me for asking that question. So I, from that experience, started to think, I think that festivals are scams. Yeah. And uh, most of them are. Most of them, they take submissions and they pick their friends. And sometimes they probably let me make their friends submit. Yeah, but like we already picked who the lineup is going to be. But we want... People to think now. Sometimes they're fair. Sometimes they actually do watch the videos and they do actually pick fairly because they want a good festival. And do you know any festivals that seem fair to you? Cleveland, Cleveland Comedy Festival. Cleveland Comedy Festival, yes, okay. was fair because I went. I, I I did that, and it's because I did it twice. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, but I would go and I would meet all these people from all over the country that didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's how you know a festival is real when nobody knows each other because they picked based on the clips. They didn't pick based on who's friends with who. Yeah, who's based on your act, based on if they think you're actually funny. Yeah, and the people running it weren't even comics. They were comedy fans, but they weren't comics. That's good, though. And they weren't even really part of the scene that much. They were just kind of like, we want to do this thing. And it was like sponsored by like uh, like uh, another one is Laugh Fest. Laugh Fest is another one that's um, that's fair. And what they do is that they accept almost everyone that submits because they make such a huge festival. Um, and let's say that, but you're able to submit and you say how, how long you've been doing it and they put you in brackets. So there's like amateurs that have been doing it for less than a year and they have their own shows, amateur shows. And then they have the like people who do it for the first time on the festival, some of them. Really? Yeah, because it's, it's all the amateur shows. And then there's the semi pro. Semi pro, you've been doing a couple of years, you've been you've done some work, but you know you're then there's like the pro and then there's like the headliner shows. And there was being these tiers and the people could have like uh, passes for the a- amateur shows or pa- a pass for the semi pro shows or pass for the headline and it's all you know, different pricing, everything. Yeah. Um and I think that was fair too because they were transparent about what they're doing. Uh and they're not and they were picking everyone because it was all for Gilda Radner's uh charity. Uh-huh. It was Laugh Fest. And it was for all all the money goes to charity. So they have no issue being transparent about we want the most people we can have. Let's bring them all. Bring them all. That's how Everybody. I am. That's how I'm doing the, the Ukraine 
uh, festival that I'm doing now. Take that. Actually, I have to maybe uh, that might be. So Pancho has kind of com- he's like, hey, I want to do this thing for Ukraine, um, but I don't want any trouble with anyone else. And I don't really like that. You're the drama that you started. OK, let's. OK, so secret group, come and take it. OK, now let, let's, I let's, would yeah. say that like one of the biggest things is there wasn't a submission okay, yes. for that show or okay, for yeah. the festival. Right. I'll say and, that. And I was going to make a video kind of explaining festivals to people because mm-hmm. they, they haven't been doing it and they don't understand the differences between different festivals. Yeah. What happened with that festival is people were chosen to be on it. Absolutely. And that's and that's fine. But when you see a festival, OK, with 43 comics, did I take the time to count? I can count. It's not that long. 43 comics <laughs> that are either from Houston or maybe 50 if we're talking like from Houston, Austin, or Dallas. Now, when you have that many comics from one area, it's not different than every other every other weekend. It's just not. Every weekend at Secret Group, we have these same comics. We have... A lot of the time, these same headliners even have been recently to Secret Group, right? Yeah. The podcast that they have, they've already been here. And then you got like Harlan Williams, who has the same amount of followers as Hans Kim. You know, this is the top headliner. That's funny. You know, yeah. Hans is a shout out to Hans. Hilarious. God damn it. He's and he's he deserves it. He's a friend of mine from New York. But um. He lives in Austin now. Kill Tony regular. Fucking great comic. But anyways, my point is that you call it a festival so everyone could say they've done a festival. People ask, hey, have you done any festivals? Yeah. I did come and take it in Houston. Oh, cool, cool, cool. So you're you're valid, you know. But uh was there a submission process? Oh no. They just picked me. Oh, what's what's the lineup like? Oh, it was me and forty three local comics. That's not really a festival then. That's mm. Using the word festival to charge the audiences festival prices because they're charging $70 for the weekend pass. The audience is coming to see the same show that we put on as best of or their headliner shows that they do. It's the same thing that they already put on every week. Even when they say shows at the bottom of the flyer, trash, drafts and laughs, uh, bathhouse it's the same shows it's the same comics it's just a festival now so that we can take tickets and charge more charge more and also not pay even the 15 dollars that we were paying to comics for a set because now they get paid an exposure they get paid exposure to what a festival exposure to quote unquote exposure the same people that they've been being exposed to the whole time but then now they can say that it's a credit. Man, you could I could just say that I I opened for oh no. You know what? I'll just put on my website, yeah, I did the Rim Job Comedy Festival. Oh, you did the Rim Job last year? Cool. Uh, that's awesome. I heard it was a headline Rim Job. Oh no shit. Yeah. Okay. I, I did a fifteen minute set on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was there. Yeah, I saw you. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. You you, you actually killed it though. You did. Man, it, was one of my, it wasn't one of my best sets. But nah, you did amazing. 
I was eating my ass up there. (laughs) 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 But I know what you mean exactly. And it's, it's okay. So So, in this moment, I feel like what we talked about before the exploitation at this moment, not only the comics are getting exploited, but the audience members too now. Yes. That's what it feels like. It's not feels like the because that's what's happening. It's what's happening, okay, and uh, and so my re- now when I s- would keep on seeing everyone posting about it and sharing the pictures, you know, I'll be like, man, okay. I look at the okay. I I I didn't even know I I made the post before the lineup came out. I didn't know what the lineup was actually going to be. I actually thought it was going to be a little bit more diverse as far as where people are from. Okay. Well, can I say this? Yeah. You wouldn't be talking about this. You wouldn't be making a Facebook post against it. You wouldn't be doing anything talking negative about Secret Group or Come and Take It if you weren't put on it. I No, I was already talking negative about Secret Group before. I've been talking negative since January. So this is. I knew I wasn't going to get put on it because, yeah, man, when I when I quit Secret Group. Um, when you quit doing Best Of. When I quit, well, yeah, when I quit Best Of. Yes. Um, it was immediately after I was told no more Autotoner. You know, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And uh, Because you already built something. Yeah. And it was working. Yeah. You built something, it was working. You were connecting comics. You yeah. were connecting audience members. And it was a great show, while no, it, yeah. but you just, because they were stopping you from doing what you wanted to do, you were like, okay, well, I'm not doing it then. Have you ever quit a job? Yeah. Now, did they ask you why you were quitting? Yes. They, always, they, right? They always ask, yes. So when I quit Best of Secret Group, it was just, okay, we'll find a replacement. There was no why. What's the deal? What's the issue? It was just, we'll replace you then. And when you've been treated like, they went 40 plus shows without paying me one time. Because I I asked one time, and it was like, oh, I'm busy. Or, you know, I'll get to it. You know. And I didn't need the money. So I let it, I let it go on. And I used the kind of spite I used it to make the show better because I'm like okay you're not going to pay me fine I made the website like professionally I added people to it I made flyers they never asked me to make a flyer I never had to make a flyer I decided to make flyers every week I decided to post about it every week to post stories about it every week I decided to do all that and it was because I knew that if I'm not going to get paid for it, I'm going to show that I'm good at this. You used your spite and anger in a positive way. I used it uh, productively. Productively, yes. Um, eventually, it got to, like, they were owing me over $1,000 on these $20 shows. I was getting paid $20 a show, and it built up to the to where I, they owed me $1,000, over 1000 Wow. Um. And uh, I don't know what happened. Okay, so so in the midst of it, yeah, how were you feeling? Because like I'm pretty sure you saw that you 
were you built a good show you had a you had great audiences you had great comics coming in how were you feeling in the midst of it i i wasn't doing it for the money so i was happy because everyone wanted was everyone wanted to do it everyone had fun doing it i was getting notoriety audiences were coming i was showing that i was good at something i wasn't doing it for the money in the first place i would have done it for free honestly i would have most comics the first time that uh and it's 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 shitty but i would have um the first time that uh, andrew mentioned it to me he didn't even mention payment i said yes before he mentioned payment because i just wanted to do it right but when there is a payment involved and you're not getting paid and you have to ask every week mm, i wouldn't ask every week because i felt like i was annoying him but periodically then I mean, the thing is, I think I asked once or twice, and then I just said, okay, I don't want him to think I – I don't want – I don't need the money. And you don't want him to think that all you want is the money. No, I don't care what he thinks if all he wants is the money. I want him to know that I have money too. I have money too. Or I – you know what? It's not even my money either. It's my – yeah, it's my dad's money too. But I have money too. I'm not – uh, worried about the money. I'm worried about the respect here, the gesture of oh, it's not important to me to pay you. That's what I'm worried about. Okay, so I took that gesture and let it make me make the show better, and to focus on what I am doing the show for. Yes. And I became competitive with it. I was like, man, okay, how many likes are they getting on their posts at Secret Group, right? I. I would follow everyone that would like everything on Secret Group's page. I would follow them with the best of Secret Group Instagram. A lot of them would follow back, and they'd like the posts. I was getting two to three times as many likes on my flyers for best of Secret Group. And if you look at the Secret Group posts now that are for best of, they get the most likes out of any of the posts. Oh, yeah. If you see a flyer for what we have happening at Secret Group, they have like 13,000 followers. They get like 10 likes yeah. on, a, on a flyer. I've always, yeah, that's always been confusing for me. Because you can't read it. It's so small. People don't give a fuck. There's mm-hmm. no faces on it. There's nobody they know. They don't, they don't care. They swipe by it. If you're on Instagram and you're not, if you look at who likes it, it's the comics on shows. It's the people. It's us. Yeah. But uh, normal people, they don't, they like to see faces. They like to see Oh, that girl's cute. They'll like that one. That's why people like stuff. You have an Instagram. They That's don't, what people want. They yeah. want a dopamine hit. They don't get a dopamine hit from a, a, a fly with small font that you can't, you have to squint to. What the hell's even happening here? You can't even read it. It looks cool, but for who? Anyways, um, but yeah, that's that's how I was paying myself. More likes. And the satisfaction that you were doing better. Social media than, wise. Social so, media and wise. social media wise than the club was. Social media wise, it was, yeah, it was just numbers. And if you do based on how many followers, like I only had like 2,000 followers, I'm getting more likes than 13,000 followers at, at Secret Group. The only post they ever get a, a lot of likes on is if it's Emo Night or if it's 90s Night, they get like 300 likes because it's 90s Night because that's what they are. I now. mean, but it, it feels like you're holding a grudge against them, though. Back then? Yeah. Cause we're, because we're back then right now. Yeah. We're talking about why... Okay, the it, grudge- feels like, it feels like you're starting to hold a grudge. It's like, oh, you're not going to give me the money or you're not going to give me the respect. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing way better than you. I'm going to get more likes. Yeah. I'm going to have a better show. I mean, yeah. it, it sounds like you're trying to just one-up them. 
course. Automatically. Even well, though you're working with them. So in other in other um in other jobs, right? The the business they go based on your performance and they'll reward you for doing more work or for getting more now there was none of that for overachieving there was no ability to do any of that so the deal was i was getting twenty dollars a show to book that show okay twenty dollars um for everything that i would do for it which is all they asked me to do was to make the lineups and to book it but i did a lot more twenty dollars because also but if you can sell it out forty dollars okay and um so that's why I was doing a lot of the promotion. I was trying to get that forty dollars, right? How many times did you get the forty? <sighs> Maybe ten, fifteen times. That's um, pretty good. That's really good. Yo, let's talk about what they mean by selling it out. Okay. Now, initially, to them, selling it out is like eighty tickets. Okay, we got forty chairs in there. So they want 40 seats and 40 people standing to consider it sold out. But they said, but we'll give you a deal. We'll just make it 60. Okay. So 40 seats and 20 people standing for it to be sold out. Is that how clubs work? No. People every week I, that wasn't there to be like, man, it was packed in here. I was like, oh, sweat, sick, you know. When it came down to uh, getting paid, you know, it's like, yeah, we sold out one of these. But I'm like, ah, I heard it was packed every show. Or when I was there, it was packed. It's like, yeah, but, you know, 60 tickets that sold out. So um, you're talking about I was doing out of grudge. I was trying to get that $40 mm-hmm. part partially. Also not getting paid even the 20 Also not getting any positive reinforcement from them about anything. The only time I heard about from them was hey, I heard there was a donation or no, I, I actually I didn't I told I asked them about the donation. There was one week that we put donation car, cup out and I think you guys made an extra like 100 some bucks. And that really pissed them off. And I was like, "Why is this pissing you off so much?" I was oh, I also wanted to make merch. Um That would have been really good. I I was going to make merch with uh I don't know if you if you remember the the Instagram or or the the logo I made for best of. It was basically the secret group logo, but I like put a glitch effect on it so that it was colorful. Yeah. But it kind of looked cool. It, it did. Kinda, yeah. It kind of looked cool. And so I go, uh, you know, how what if I sell these shirts and um, I I'm just gonna take the money that I I'm investing to make them, maybe a couple bucks for me, but the rest of it's gonna go to the comics. Right. And he goes, well, that's basically the secret group logo. Right. And I'm like. All right. He's just going to not like this idea because the only people benefiting are going to be the comics. Exactly. And but well, financially. And he doesn't understand that your name is still going to be on the T-shirt. People are going to be buying. And people don't buy secret group T-shirts. It's brand recognition. It's brand recognition, but yeah. he's like, just he told me he's like, just sell the secret group T-shirts. No, <laughs> you're selling the show. Absolutely, I'm trying to sell the show. Th- that's the, what it's all about at this moment. That's yeah. what you care about. That's what yeah. you're working so hard for. Yeah. That's why you're packing it out. Yeah. Because you're selling a show, yeah. not the club. Yeah. 
Yeah, basically, it's like if you have a show at Laugh Factory and you want to sell chocolate Sundays T-shirts, and they're like, just sell Laugh Factory T-shirts. Like, mm-hmm. people aren't going to buy Laugh Factory T-shirts. They want chocolate Sundays. They want shirts. chocolate Sundays. Yes. They want something personal. They want to think the they want to think the comics on this show. They don't want to thank the venue because they know the money's yeah. not going to go to this. Because when you go to Secret Group, you don't think about Secret Group. You think about like Tuesday Higante. You think about Best Of. Yeah. You think about uh, A400. Like you think about the no, show that you went to. None of these shows have merch. Yeah. Because they won't let you. Because they want you to sell Secret Group t-shirts. These And and people don't want to look like staff. So um, w- I didn't have to tell you all the reasons that I'm not working there anymore. Because we'll get we'll get to them yeah. one by one. Um, I mean, but, uh, but this is this is I like this because I'm finally understanding what's going on. And from my, from an outsider's perspective, it seemed like you were just trying to be petty. You know, it seemed like you were doing it out of spite because I knew that you quit. I knew that you weren't doing it anymore, and I I heard through the grapevine what the reason was. Which, and I I I didn't understand why they just couldn't pay you because you were doing such a good job and you were bringing people to their venue i wasn't even asking to get paid i was asking to let me run it the way i want let me make merch i'll make my own money from it you know what i'm saying if i want an extra 20 bucks a weekend i'll make it from the merch from something or another um so i wasn't i was just like let me take my ideas that i'm having for the show and implement them and I'll make more. Com- I'll make more money for everyone, not just us. If um, and uh, or not just me, but uh, so what was the breaking but, point? But for anyone, you? well, I told you I, that was the first. I told you yeah. the no out of towners was the breaking. That point. was it. That was just that was over. Like once they said that, because boom. more than anything, I, my relationships that I'm making with these out of town comics is more important to me than anything. That's the whole reason that I would want to do it is so that my standing in Texas can grow. Because it was benefiting you as well. Of course. Because if you weren't getting paid, then that was the payment. That was I me. Mean, I, like I said, I would have done it for free in the first place. Yeah. Um. That was what I was after, was the the, relation, the, start, the relationships. Yeah. So when I would would have to go from the yes guy to the no guy, I'm like, well, now there's nothing in this for me. Um. But uh. Because it changes your people's perception of you. Yeah. Which also had already become changed based on they would ask, "Hey, why are we only getting this much?" I'm like, "Ah, that's how much." Pay. Like, like anyone who had an issue with payment or some people had a vaccination issue. Which that was also that another, was another thing. Another yeah. thing I wasn't getting paid more to make sure everyone's vaccinated every week. Which, uh, but um, some comments were like, "That's kind of fascist," you know, whatever. But you know, they're maybe they think the earth is flat. Respect, but um, uh, <laughs> respect, <laughs> but uh. But yeah, no, any anyone who because I I didn't want to uh tell everyone everything because I wanted to see who would react towards me because I think that's how I've kind of you kind of see who's real and who's kind of you know the people who judged me or called me names or mocked me without talking to me without asking a single word, "Hey, what happened? What's going on?" Um uh, I, and I knew that. Uh, see, Andrew asked me first, but he's just like, "What? What are you doing?" You know. And I, I blocked him because I didn't. I I wanted, I wanted him to react. Okay, so let's set that up. So, uh, you hear about come and take it. You're not on it. 
and then you post this joke about you're doing your own festival. What happens after you post that? Um, like I posted it pretty late at night. Uh huh. So like you know, like a dozen or so comments, or I'm so mad on them on the website, you know. And then early in the morning, Andrew is just like, "What are you doing?" On text, you know. And uh, I was just the thing is when I worked for him, it was always it was never every time he would talk to me, it was because he had a problem with something. It was uh, somebody didn't get booked. Somebody's not getting booked. Yeah, it was like whenever people would, because sometimes when I wouldn't book people, they would go to him. They'd be like, so-and-so's not booking me. Then he'd come to me. So and when I, he would contact you, it would be about complaints. Always complaints. It was never, you know, um, anything else. And especially not the money I'm supposed to be getting paid. So he has time to for everything but paying me. Anyway, um, uh-huh. And I think my reaction to him asking me what I'm doing, it was just viscerally like, I'm so sick of you only talking to me when you have to complain. So I blocked him based on just an emotional response that I'm like, you don't have to, you don't get to tell me what to do anymore. And then um, uh, now I, I realized that it was, it made him react in a way by, by not talking to him about it. Cause if I would have talked to him right then, I would have been like, Oh, it's just a joke. And he'd be like, well, take it down. People think it's real. And that would have been the end of it. Yeah. But he's not my boss, man. He's not my... I don't have to do anything that he wants me to do. I don't have to anymore. Probably never had to. So it started off as a joke. And because of the reaction that you got, it became bigger and bigger. It hasn't become anything. I mean, I only... in the scene, in this small little scene, people the, were talking about it. Sure, sure. And, and people started attacking you for it too. Some people, some people. But you know what? It's the, it's it's. I haven't lost a single friend. I'll tell you that. Um. Because everyone who knows me knows that I like to, I like to troll. I like to joke around, and uh, they know that I I was I was being funny. It was funny. Yeah, well, I mean, but the, I'm the, the, I'm the next, same way. Yeah. yeah, the next day I showed up at Rudd's and everyone's like showing me like they come up to me like, dude, this is so, so fucking funny. hilarious. <laughs> you liked it, though, right? You like that being funny. Yeah. Well, the fact that everybody thought it was funny as a comedian. Did I like it that people thought I was funny? Yes. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I told you I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, And uh, that's why I do anything, Joe. As yes, um, but uh, then it was the 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 attacks. The this guy is so pathetic. He this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. He's such a is is an unhinged loser. Is what I heard. They took it as something real though. Sure, that's these people are the idiots in this moment. Well, I'll I'll say more than anything. Um, we were talking about seeing who likes something. Yeah, I had someone booked. Uh, to headline my show, um, and uh, they liked that someone was calling me uh, pathetic and dumb, and I'm like, man, you gonna, you gotta at least think I'm gonna see. Now, the only reason I saw it was because people were coming up to me with their phones, being like, hey, look at this tweet about you, and then I'm like, who liked that? And I'm saying, that that okay, never working, never booking them again, right? Because to and now, now they might say oh i didn't know that was your thing but i don't even the thing is i don't even have to be be careful about what you what you support because um you don't know how angry someone might be when they see someone calling them names 
and then they see seven people liked it that never said a word to me in my face and never uh, criticized anything I've done in a, in a DM even. But they're they're willing to like uh, someone saying I'm dumb, pathetic. And then someone else is like, yeah, I always knew he was a piece of shit. <laughs> how, okay, when you saw that happening, how did that make you feel? Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of bugged me. But it only bugged me the people who I really thought I was friends with doing it. And even those people, I always kind of had a little bit of a so let's suspicion. let's let's take it from that angle. There's uh, let's say a person that you really liked, you really respected, that you hung out with, mm, like, really, really liked, really respected. No, 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 none of those people liked it. No. Okay, then what type of person liked the post? Um, I think people that asked me to do my shows a lot, and then uh, you know, polite. Otherwise. They want something. They're polite because they want something from you. Yeah. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, it, that's exactly the type of people. But people are so wishy-washy too, especially when some when when the herd goes against a certain thing, they will be a part of it and attack it because they want to be like they want to be part of the group. Yeah. They want to be part of the clique. You know. Yeah. And I don't think it has anything to do with you personally. It's just hey. I'm hating the same thing as you are. Aren't right, I cool? Right. But see now, um, it's a lesson that if you're going to do that, you have to realize that just because someone isn't part of the herd doesn't mean that they don't have things that they can take away as well from you. So um, these people, you know, whenever I'm in another town, you know, I get I'm getting booked more and more out of Houston um, and people are like, hey, so and so. Are they pretty cool? I'd be like, no. No, okay. You're just going to be honest. Always. I'm, I've always been honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and so you have to realize, if you, have, if you are going to mock someone, pile on someone, just remember that, you know, uh, this, 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 power, this power structure, it's fluid. You know, uh, there's people who might have more opportunities in next year than who you think has the opportunities this year. And maybe you're the one that has to move now because you burned the bridges that you didn't even know were built yet. And you just need to be respectful. And if you have something you want to you want to you want to say someone's pathetic, you want to say someone's dumb, uh, you know, tell me. Hey, what you're doing is pathetic and dumb. And I'll say, hey, why do you think that? Tell you to your face. Well, you don't even have to yeah. say it to my face. You can DM me. Ask me. What are you doing? Why? We'll have a conversation like we had. I Okay, so I'm going to say this. I totally agree with you. Uh, I was uh, running a show at a certain venue, and I felt disrespected by the booker because he would always go to my co-host for everything. He would never ask me. He would never go up to me. So I'm like, so what do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And when I quit, he asked my co-host what my problem was instead of asking me directly. Yeah. So I I didn't like that at all. Right. What's what's the, what's the what's the justification for not talking to me? Is it that you hate me that much? You can't even speak to me. Exactly. That's how it feels. Well, yeah. And so. Um, 
that's that's where I'm coming from with people who, um, and then uh. You know, Andrew made that post saying, like, I'm being toxic. This is all based on, this is all within 12 hours of me making a post and a website. But uh, apparently I'm I'm kind of trying to divide the scene and stuff. And he said I'm toxic and I manipulate people and I'm, uh, <laughs> saying I try to fight people and people aren't comfortable around me. I've been hearing that around and I'm just like, I've never had an instance where I, you've been mean to me or tried to argue with me or, well, you've have, been hearing that, but are these from, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like people who actually interact with you. Are these people that know me? Exactly. You know, I know who my friends are and this has just only been a, a great a, a opportunity for me to put a point on it. And I feel like you you've done that, though. You you're showing people how everything really is. Yeah. And I'm I'm showing them because they're behaving the way that, like you're saying people are talking about me and um, which. God, I got to love that either way, even if people are hey, saying bad publicity is good publicity, right? Even if they are saying I'm toxic, which is just anyway i mean everyone met me I, I booked most everyone on best of and they have interacted with me one way or another and most everyone knows that I, i'm very transparent and if you talk to me i'll talk back and i'm uh <laughs> manipulates people i really i i, I think that's kind of funny because <laughs> like uh, they're man, to manipulate people like for example um oh man like who who am i mean you know, I could think maybe Albert would be who they would say I'm manipulating him. <laughs> dude, I don't think you can dude, manipulate Albert, him. <laughs> Albert, 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 the things that I'm telling you, dude, he would be, if he was here, he would be red in the face yelling about the things that I'm calmly describing. Exactly. So I'm not, if anything, I'm a little bit inspired by Albert because he's been part of the scene way longer than me he's hilarious he's mm -hmm. one of the funniest people i've met in my life I love him and um he is so passionate about the things i'm talking about so uh manipulate people man i really want to know who he thinks that i can i mean people it's, it's just one of those things when somebody starts attacking you they start making up things it's like oh he does this he does that you yeah know? but also i will say this even before all this stuff, you kind of became the voice of reason a little bit in the scene. Like you were outspoken about certain things, not just this specific instance, but other things too. Like I've seen you make posts online about other things that have happened in the scene. Yeah. I think one of the first things I remember at posting that uh, I said the Houston cocaine scene has a comedy problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's not something new. This isn't something new. You've always right. been like this. That's the thing, too, that the people who think that I'm and people embellish what this is that I'm doing into. Yeah, he's just mad that he's not on the festival and uh, he's taking it out on on the club. And then they'll be like, wow, well, hope he's enjoying the submission fees he's getting. And like the, the person who posted this, the Houston comic who posted this. Won't this won't explain? No, he's not taking submission fees. He's just doing this as a joke. He'll just like them, saying, "Hope he's getting submission. Hope he likes the submission fees." He'll just like it because it creates it. It, it enhances the narrative that I'm a bad guy. Yeah. 
Um, and so people were like, oh, um, so yeah. And, and even even that most most comments they the the thing is the people and it's funny because the person who it's Zai I don't fucking stop that person but uh, Zai's post about this he probably thinks that they're laughing at how funny he is they think the whole thing that I've done is funny that's why they're laughing at it if you look at his jokes it's like look if this whole situation wasn't funny nobody would be talking <laughs> about it I see posts um, other scenes. Uh, referring to it um someone's like uh rule of threes i gotta start a festival in houston (laughs) (laughs) uh and um and 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 shit like that and so uh and and so it's funny because they think that they i think they think that people are laughing at me outside of the scene this just feels like a netflix documentary now Man, you know, guy who makes his own comedy festival. <laughs> it's just like the thing is, I didn't do shit. I know, no, you haven't done shit. It's just, it's all talk. I mean, it's all speculation. It's just everybody else. I mean, doing after, it for you after the attacks. I started to do actually build it. <laughs> Did you just start believing in yourself afterwards? You're like, huh, maybe I can start a festival. I'll tell you what. What really made me think that. I think I can actually even compete with it is the lineup because the lineup is so local and I know I can compete with that because people want to see new comics. It's so different too. Houston, Houston comedy fans want to see some new faces, new faces. They want to see probably comics from, Minnesota, Wisconsin, New York, Chicago, uh, all the places that I've lived, L.A., um, Austin, Dallas. They want to see these people. And all I'd have to be able to do is to be able to pay them their their travel, not even travel. If I take submissions, which, man, you know what? They're pushing me into it. They're pushing you. Um, with the disrespect. Just when I try to get out, they pull me back. Honestly, in. it feels like that because now I'm I'm uh, like, like I bought these chairs from my house so I can do shows here. I also I contacted a real estate. Uh, <laughs> I contacted a real estate agent in River Oaks. Oh shit! Because they have these they have these little suites in these strip malls. And uh, you can rent them out for like fifteen hundred dollars. I mean, fifteen thousand a year. Are you talking about building your own comedy club? Yeah. Um. So, fifteen thousand dollars a year, right? L- let's say that you can afford that rent. Okay. Now you have your own comedy place now, right? Yeah. We have a lot of showrunners in this town. Say like, hey, you want to rent out this spot? I got chairs, I got sound, I got lights, I got everything you need. Promote it, do your show you here. You just take the time slot. Take the time slot. Yeah. Um, you know, give me, you know, just a whatever percent of the door. And uh, and 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 I feel like if I can't make fifteen hundred dollars a month doing that, then you know, come on, man, it's not that it's not that hard. Honestly, it's no, it's not. So. I, I see these these strip malls and they have these you know it's like a little it's like there's like a taekwondo dojo next to just an abandoned uh beauty salon right but it's just empty in there you know and I'm like well if you can fit thirty taekwondo kids in there if you can fit thirty comedy 
people in here. Um, and, uh, you know, do BYOB. Uh, this just just charge. I'll just charge cover. That's all, yeah. all, all I would charge. So let's say I'm going to do, a, if I do my own mics there, um, to the comments, I'll be like, hey, like, sign up online. You can drink here. Bring your own beer. But you got to give me five bucks so that you can drink here. But it's five bucks that you would have just spent at, you spent five, 15, 20 bucks drinking at a bar doing open mic. Give me five, drink here. It's cheaper for you. If I'm getting 20, do- 20 comics doing my open mic on average, I'm making $100 a night. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll pay someone to, to, to host it and to run it, and I can do my own thing. Or I'll host it, run it, and, and just be, I'll make hundred bucks a night, and pay my rent. And uh, then during the day too, I can I can do podcast studio there. I can rent that out. I can rent it out as fucking anything. Private well, shows. If I'm being completely honest, like Secret Group has their own podcast studio, but they're not doing anything with it. Well, because they want to charge so much money. So yeah. much. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. It's like because they have to pay for so much of a building. Right. Yeah. Now, if you're renting out a a little fifteen hundred dollars a month office space. Yeah. But you can fit thirty chairs in there and a stage. Then your overhead, that's it. It's just that and electricity. And I hope they have a toilet. I haven't checked. <laughs> you better hope they do. <laughs> they gotta have a toilet, right? <laughs> what do you think, people? Are just hey, you gotta go outside. Yeah, There's no. A porta potty right outside if you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, I contacted the real estate lady, and uh, and she goes, you know, what kind of business do you want to open? I'm just like, you know, small comedy club. And she was just like, how much space do you need for a comedy club? And have you opened a comedy club before? You know. And I'm just like, you know, just need like, it would be good if you could fit more than 25 seats in there. And uh, I told her, like, I've run shows all over the country, but I never had my own place. Um, she has not responded to this, <laughs> last, to, to this last message. And nor will she ever. <laughs> no, man, she has to. Because, like, the thing is, dude, oh, if, the thing is, if she's a real real estate agent. She can do it. No, they have it's it's a whole strip mall and there's certain places that are bigger than others. So she's a real real estate agent. She's probably going to try to sell me on a bigger space. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm going to, you know, she don't give a fuck what I'm doing it for. If I can pay the rent, I pay the rent. I think that's all that matters. That's yeah. all that matters. Um, but I know what she's coming from is she sees me going for the smallest. Uh, I'm, I, I found the smallest spot on this strip mall. Cause that's the where I would want to start. Yeah. And then if it gets bigger, I move to the next, moving next door. But she's just like upsell. She's gonna try upsell me. That's upsell, her job. Upsell, that's upsell, her upsell, job. Yeah. That's her job. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see where the conversation goes now. But uh, but yeah, I um, I can't wait till like six, seven months from now, we'll do another episode, and it's like, hey, uh, so I just started my own comedy club. Like, yeah, that would be so crazy be that crazy people don't know how cheap it is really especially now with covid and all these businesses going out of business um rent's not that bad and there's so many strip malls all over houston they have all these abandoned don't you see these abandoned locations all over the place and you're like some people be doing something in there i guess and they're not nicer looking than the, I mean, the box you here's know? the thing you've been doing comedy how long now uh 10 Going on 11. Going on 10, 11 years. Going on 11. So, 
I mean, you're funny. You're hilarious. I I, I see you kill Thank it you. every time I see you. You kill it. Thank you. Thank you. You don't have to do this. No, I love it though. I've learned that I love putting on shows. You I do. L- absolutely. Yeah. What about putting on shows do you love? You create it, you promote it, people think it's cool. They they go, they have fun. The comments they go, they have fun. They thank you. They appreciate it. I've been one of those comments wishing that there was more clubs. I love the feeling of being in a comedy club and performing for an audience. And um, a lot of comedy club owners, the what the issue is that they're not funny, and they're doing it for the stage time, and that's why they're building the comedy club for the stage time for themselves. That's not what I'm doing it for. It, if someone's like, "Hey, we'll uh, we'll support this, but just never perform there," I'll be like, "All right, you know, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not doing this for." I'm not doing I know this. A couple guys like that. <laughs> I'm not doing this for the stage time. Yeah. I don't have a lack of stage time. Um, and even if, <laughs> and I've been doing this meme lately that uh, I'm pretending I'm banned from secret group because of what Andrew said about me in the group saying I'm toxic. You should just get merch. This is banned from secret group. Mm, something, but uh, no, that's a little too on the nose. That you gotta is, be a little clever. Uh, okay, um, but uh. But uh, because of what he's saying, you know, I'm toxic and I, uh, you know, so people are saying things about you that obviously aren't true. And they're saying it because of you trying to do something against the club. Right. Which there should never be the club. That's the biggest issue. There should never be the club. There should be a club and then there should be another club and is houston texas this is the fourth biggest city in america i mean there used to be in the 80s there used to be like 10 12 clubs yeah all over i'm saying we can do at least three would it kill us i mean right now we have the improv we have secret group uh rudyard's has become like a small comedy rudyard's is not a comedy club it's not you have to admit it's not a comedy okay it's not a club yes secret group is not a comedy club you have to admit it's not a comedy club if it was they call themselves a comedy club and they wouldn't be the 14th result on Google when you search comedy club. <laughs> Is it really? Oh, yeah. It's a venue. It's yeah. a venue like any other venue. It's a venue. I mean, it's but mostly the, music venue. The biggest... They pay their bills with music. That's what I was going to say. Like, the biggest knack on them is, like, they do music. They do comedy. They do other types of shows. They do music at the same time as comedy. And it ruins the <laughs> show, Yes. I know. I'm like every time I'm on stage, like, hey, you guys think the the death metal mm. band is complaining about how loud the comedy show is? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Those punchlines are too loud, and the crowd is always the. Uh, they're like, yeah, this is fucking crazy. That it's how. Why is it? Why are they doing that? At Everybody the same time? complains. Everybody complains about it, and it's so stupid. Do you think the comedy clubs have death metal shows on average? Okay. No. Anyway, um, at the same time, no, no. absolutely not. No, well, usually not at all. Just because, who are you? Are you a county club or are you, a, uh, a, a, you know, a dungeon? So by your definition, we only have one comedy club in Houston right now. Yes. Yes. That doesn't really book locals. That doesn't, yeah. So there is an opportunity here. And uh, I hate snitching on myself, but my credit score is up to like 784. <laughs> 
and my whole act used to be det- uh, based on being broke and. Uh, oh my God! We just revealed something. I know. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Um, we'll see. Uh, what this lady says, and if it's not this place, it'll be somewhere else. But um, you're hoping to build something in the future. Oh yeah, man. You know, maybe uh, just in time for. Uh, we'll see. The next come and take it. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Um, I mean, tomorrow I could just walk into this bank and take forty thousand dollar loan. I mean, I don't have to wait till next year. <laughs> well, more than we'll see. And if it's you know, fifteen hundred dollars a month, you know, I can. What's what's your biggest takeaway from everything that's happened recently? Oh, that Houston's just like every other scene. Um, in that there's uh, there's people who you can trust. There's people who are fake, and everyone is just wants to perform somewhere. And uh, when there's only one place that really runs a lot of it, it gets a little weird. And uh, opportunity for there to be more places to do stand up. So. Yeah, I've always I've been wanting to open something for a while, um, and uh, yeah, I love it. I love the catalyst that this has become. Um, it's almost like I just want to. Uh, now, in the end, it's just going to be better for Houston, for there to be a comedy club, another comedy club, River Oaks. It's not the worst area for paying customers. Um, and it's just more work, and it's just it'll be better for everyone. And uh, you know, if the sticker group fellers want to come and uh, open some of these, uh, you know, work the door, maybe work the way up to, <laughs> they'll be they'll be welcome. But um, dinosaurs are extinct for a reason. So just say that. Well said. Well said. Well. But yeah. Before my SD card runs out, we better stop. Yeah, I was gonna close it out so <laughs> you want to give out your inst- your socials instagram oh Facebook? yeah 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 um uh fucking which one should i uh promote it is i got a podcast it's called can't stop should stop with very funny albert de leon and my website is antoniocomedy.com okay uh best of houston best of houston every sunday yeah. at six at rudyard's yes best of houston uh best of houston comedy.com uh, shout out to uh, the riot. Yeah, they've been doing really good. Hell yeah! Uh, you can always find me at the Jocosity T H E J O E C O S I T Y. That's Instagram, Twitter, uh, Joe Navarro on Facebook. I am doing a show Saturday, April second at PJ's, and uh, your boy Antonio Aguilar is going to be on it. Uh, we also got Nathaniel Amador, Corliss and Lauren, uh, Tremaine Mahoney. Uh, Danny Guerrero. It's gonna be a fun show. I'm, I love it. I'm trying to bring back comedy to what it once was. Trying, I'm trying to make it a fun show. We're gonna talk about anything, everything, no holds barred. It's just gonna be fun. And uh, that's it for me. But uh, hey, dog, it's been a minute. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. They can't see the fist bump. <laughs> All right. Cool.